Hey everyone, Zach here. Before we start Lafayette Part 2, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our friend Ethan Healy and his show, Out of Many, One. Blame it on our punk rock mentality, but we love supporting our peers. Here's his ad for his show, and I swear, you guys will love this. You need to check out his show, it's super fucking interesting shit. Alright, love you, bye. E Pluribus Unum is the motto of the United States of America, and with that motto comes a great responsibility and understanding of the United States history. Not only are we one, but we are many that make up of one. Hi, I'm Ethan, and I'm the host of Out of Many, One, a U.S. history podcast. And I hope that through my podcast, you are able to experience and understand America's journey through the themes of the historical lens. Please find me wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, it's the History Boys. Back again, I am Christopher Whedon, and I am a history boy. Excited to talk about uh, our boy again, Laffy, yeah. Laffy Taffy, yeah. as I call him. We, we covered the dark origins of Laffy Taffy last time. <laughs> I, I'm Tyler Armstrong, I'm a history boy, as always, and uh, I feel like a uh, bag of pristine assholes. <laughs> Zach? Hi. Uh, <laughs> How do you feel? My name is... Uh, Zach Mack, and I am fucking hung the fuck over. This cool. whole getting old shit needs to stop, yeah. man. Like, I'm not liking it. He had a teaspoon of Diametap, and now he wants to die. Uh, he this he is, had this two two spritzers, and, and he's gone. I had three spritzers. fucking White Claws, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and two shots of Jameson last night, and oh my god, I... My whole body is just. I think that I think that would do it. For you're, gonna, you're gonna love 37. I have like half a light beer on a Thursday, and I'm hungover till Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and I'm a history boy. <laughs> While we're at it. While we're at it. And I am Jerry Nash, as always, a history boy. Thank you so much for listening. Today we are talking about Marquis de Lafayette, uh, part two, part D. Yeah. Yes. Hot shots part D. But the hot shots are the loads coming out of fucking Lafayette, slinging left Jesus. and right, just making babies. Some of them die, some of them don't. Whatever. Oh my god. It's the times. What are you gonna do? I can't wait till we get till we get to the political cartoons. Oh god. Did did everyone see those? Yes. Okay. No. Lots of, uh, if only they were scratch and sniffable oh, cartoons too. Yeah. yeah, smells like old cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about Marie Antoinette. Nice, <laughs> got her. So last time we left you, Lafayette was instrumental in the last battle of the American War for Independence, Yorktown, where there were more French casualties than American. I don't think I mentioned that last time, but if you count the dead at Yorktown, there's more French uh, than American there. So, yeah. we we don't win Yorktown without the French. Yeah, we, so. prob- we wouldn't win that war without the French. No, right. certainly not. Certainly not. Maybe. Lafayette, probably, other than George Washington, Lafayette is, like, the main contributing factor for why we won that war. Yeah. Well, the French are like, we do everything three times as hard. Have you seen the way we have sex? 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> a menage a trois. Yeah, yeah, right? I yeah. got it. I, okay, nice. I understand. Yeah, see, it's I funny, understand. Jerry. Okay. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> I didn't get it either, so... <laughs> Uh, that's, like, that's why I'm like, I get it. They fuck super hard. You send like, me the links. <laughs> yeah, send me the links. We've been through this. That was research? Not those yeah. links, the other links. The other links. So, you know, he, he was returning to France as the hero of two worlds. You know, that's what people called him. He was appointed as an advisor to the American envoys abroad. Cool. So, Ben Franklin in Paris, John Adams in The Hague, and John Jay in Madrid. The cool. gamble has paid off. I, big time. Big man. time. We've big mentioned time. The Hague in a few episodes, mm-hmm. and I just want to say, every time I hear that, I'm like, that is a really strange name for a city. It is, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. It's like The Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. And The Hulk is uh, Dutch. Dutch, yeah. As yes, we all know. Yes. <laughs> you can tell by his hat. What is the clogs for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Some, you know, Goofy wouldn't choose. Anyway, that would be great. I, that's a Marvel movie I would watch. Dutch, Dutch Hulk. Dutch Hulk, absolutely. Dulk. He's like, I, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit here with my windmills. Yeah, my windmills and my coffee and my marijuana. And, and my, tulips. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Tulips. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. True. So when he returned to France in 1782, he was hailed as a hero by everyone, including the king. And the king just made him a general and a knight. You know, like, he skipped a bunch of ranks because, keep in mind, he was a second lieutenant when he left, yeah. but he gets back and they're like, you're a general now. Cool. And he's like, dope. It's like when you do a greater rift with, like, a level one character in Diablo and you kill the boss and you go up, like, 15 levels. And yeah, you're like, Sweet. right. <laughs> it's exactly what happened to him. Yep. He did go into a greater rift. Yeah. Killed a giant demon. Yeah. Called the monarchy. But it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. The Hotel de Lafayette, his new lavish home, was built in Paris on the Rue de Bourbon, mm. uh, which is where all of the Americans hung out. You know, this is where, like, their homes were... Yeah, it's where they stuck. There, it was, like, their headquarters, this area. It was one of those insufferable expat bars that you see in Southeast Asia. <laughs> and it's just fat white guys just completely, like... Acting like they're king shit the entire time. You know that's, what I'm That's about? accurate. I uh, mean, yeah. these fat white guys acting like they're king shit the whole time. You're like, I want, I want a little bit of the they local do that flavor. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You want some of the local flavor, and then you end up at like Yankee Joe's, and they're like, "Do you want a cheeseburger?" You're like, "I, I flew three thousand miles for this. Yeah. Ten thousand miles for this. And a Budweiser. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. like great. I'm pretty sure I've been in a tiki bar in every European city I've ever been to. That's so. great. <laughs> that's because of my wife she loves a tiki bar that's but i mean like if you think about like like how how often do you think british dudes come to america and are like give me some of that local american flavor and it's like english style pub english style pub cool bangers and mash or whatever you guys suck at doing the thing that we do and you pretend like it's our it it works everywhere man everything's well, stupid well that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how lafayette's house was at, at lafayette's house he had, you know, Ben Franklin over. He had John and Abigail Adams. He had John and Sarah J over. He had Thomas Jefferson. All these people he had over to his house all the time. They'd come over all the time. And the preferred language was English at these, like, dinner parties. Naturally. And Lafayette served American food. 
Oh, uh, hamburgers, fries, <laughs> yeah, pizza, yeah. pepperoni pizza. pizza. That's yeah. actually how they got to be called Dominance. French fries, is by uh, Lafayette serving them in Paris. He's like, I made you this American thing you guys like. And they're like, but we're in France, so it's French fries, right, guys? And then Benjamin Franklin knocked over a box of toothpicks and was like, hey, Jefferson, how many toothpicks on the ground? And he was like, 347. <laughs> like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson is autistic in this, which actually kind of makes sense. He, he mentioned. A lot of people say he was. Yeah. Historians he say certainly he was. You could have been. You, you, heavily, been. you heavily employed that last episode as well. Yeah. And I say, yeah. keep it up. Yeah, no eye yeah. contact, good with numbers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, thin-skinned. He did not like criticism. Yeah, he's a regular Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Abigail Adams even said, like, you know, it's cool that he, like, serves American food and all, but it can't be nice to have some French food while I'm in France. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Also, the people he'd invite over are, like, the most liberal-thinking French nobles as well. Yeah. so they'd come and talk with the Americans, and it, it it was during a time where all of that Enlightenment thinking, especially after the Revolutionary War uh, in America, uh, was really big, you know? And here's, like, an embodiment, yeah. you know, a living proof. It was the new hot shit. Stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, everyone wanted to come over and talk about Enlightenment ideals and liberté and equality and fraternité and the, the sequel. first one was a hit yeah what's next yeah well it's gonna be a hit just i don't know if it's gonna be the in the right way um and lafayette spent lavishly like people were like oh he's running out of money because of this this and this it's like no motherfucker spent a lot of money Mm -hmm. like even his accountant was like hey you know uh when your kids inherit your money, it's good that you have money to give to your children after you die. You know, so, so don't spend all of it. I stole 100 million livres <laughs> from you and I spent it on drugs and whores. And he's like, don't spend it all on one whore. Jesus. <laughs> he's like, I stole it from you. He's like, no, I, I know you can have it. It's I cool. I'm, I'm, I don't think you understand how rich I am. I want to die he in would, debt. He would uh, ruin... Some of some carriages, like the axles of carriages, because he would race them down the street. Oh, nice. <laughs> I thought he was just for fun. <laughs> yeah, just for fun, he would do that. He lived his life one quarter meter at a time. <laughs> nice, nice. And while Thomas Jefferson was minister to France, Lafayette worked with him on negotiating trade deals to decrease America's debt to France. Is so, this where they met in France? Uh, no, actually, sorry, I forgot to meet. They met in Virginia before mm-hmm. the Battle of Yorktown. Ah. That's the first time they met. Like, right before? Pretty much, because uh, they were, like him and John Hancock, they were evacuating. Yeah. Uh, out of that area, because that's where Cornwallis was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. raiding, you know? I know. You listen to the episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where he met him. Previously on they became, Voice. Oh, they yeah. became lifelong friends after that. It's like, do it like a Dragon Ball Z opening. Goku does push-ups in a, in a gravity chamber. The whole episode. Just change Goku with Lafayette, the same thing. Yeah. Lafayette did push-ups in a gravity chamber. Yeah. Well, he flew through space, trying to get to Namek. Yeah. Yep. Yes. I mean, France. Sorry. <laughs> After the revolution, uh, the United States could now trade with other countries, not just Great Britain. So they wanted to work out a sweet deal with France because France bankrolled the whole thing. 
and sent a shit ton of its army down to help. So they were like, okay, sweet deals with, with France. And Thomas Jefferson and Lafayette kind of took took care of all of that with the king. It was a good point in Lafayette's life. You know, pretty much everybody loved and respected him. Uh, he was doing all these things to make his country better and to help the cause of liberty and all this stuff. He, uh, yeah, very proud moment for him. Cool. Everyone would stand around and watch him do, like, he did, he could do, like, seven pull-ups. <laughs> yeah. and, and he didn't do those, like, half pull-ups where you're, like, still kind of doing a pull-up and or then you like do another one. Or, like, swinging your legs. Yeah, yeah, no. He, right. he went from, like, a dead dead hang, seven pull-ups, and all those revolutionary minds were around him cheering him on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He could do a somersault. He was like, oh. kind of. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> it went to doing, like, a few pull-ups to sort of a somersault. <laughs> well, he was like, I can do a back oh handspring. God. Never mind, I could do a round-off. I'll just do a somersault. Yeah. And that's how he fractured his wrist. Yeah. <laughs> weirdly specific, Jerry. <laughs> Adrienne gave birth to a daughter. Nice. Who was named... And now this is at Thomas Jefferson's suggestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he named his daughter Marie Antoinette Viginet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's after the Queen of France and Virginia, mm-hmm. where George Washington was born. Right. And it's a meeting of ideas. Yes. Yes. And it's sort of a little microcosm for Lafayette's own beliefs. His third child was named Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Ben Franklin kind of made fun of him for doing this. Yeah, I would. He actually, what he did is he wrote a letter to Lafayette, but instead of just sending it to him, he had it published in a bunch of newspapers. Oh, that's how they did it back then. (laughs) They did that a lot. He kind of poked fun at him. He goes, hey, Lafayette, I uh, hope you have 13 children for all 13 colony. And he goes, but, 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 I feel sorry, you know, for Massachusetts and Connecticut, because those are harsh names even for a boy. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that it's pretty great. (laughs) Rich people always had Twitter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just used to be newspaper. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's. I mean, it's like Alexander Hamilton just would have a new. Mm. He like he had the New York Post, and it would just be like front page article. Go fuck yourself, Burr. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Aaron Burr's an asshole. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why I have my. Oh, I thought we were talking about Bill Burr. Yeah. Also him. No. <laughs> Lafayette joined a French abolitionist club called the Society of the Friends of the Blacks. Ah. In this day. Hmm. Very progressive. Of his day, it really was. Of his day, it really was. It advocated for the end of the slave trade and equal rights for freed slaves. Oh, not notice how I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, Just that. That's that's huh. the delineation. Always it's keep better that in mind. than nothing, I guess. Right. Right. During his lifelong correspondence with George Washington, um, whom he considered a father figure uh, by this point, and Washington considered him a, a son. Uh, Washington didn't have any children, so he really considered Lafayette as his son. So anytime anyone tries to tell you, I'm descended from George Washington, they're full of shit. They're liars. Because nobody's descended from George Washington. (laughs) Nobody wanted to fuck that guy. Have you seen him? (laughs) Wooden teeth. (laughs) He was huge. He, well, Mm. I mean, he looked like your daughter's most abused doll. (laughs) He was also smooth like a Ken doll. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why... There's no heirs. Like well, from uh, uh, Dogma. Just like Dogma. Yeah. Yes. He, well, was, he was an angel. Grape he shots was. a bitch. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But during this correspondence he had with George Washington, he would talk to him about how he should free his slaves. And Washington was always just like, pass. Eh. Yeah. And you French guys are so funny. You guys have the best sense of humor. Yeah. Well, and Lafayette had a plan to gradually free the slaves. Mm -hmm. He told this to Washington over a letter and Washington said, yeah, next time you're down, we'll have to try that. But they never never fucking. He's like, what am I going to pay workers? He had no, he had no intention of doing that. But what, what Lafayette's plan was, is that he would, you know, have a plantation where, you know, the violent aspects of slavery were stripped out. He would slowly, gradually free them, and they become like tenant farmers, sort of like sharecroppers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, again, progressive for his day. Well, the right? other thing is, right. it's like if you can't like freeing the slaves outright at this time period is probably just not well, going to happen. Well, well, the thing is, is everyone, like even Thomas Jefferson, blamed the the British for some reason of like forcing slaves upon the American colonies, and now we can't do anything about it. <laughs> Which is bullshit. Even yeah. people of his time was like, that's total bullshit. But, uh, you can't blame everything yeah. on the British. <laughs> but the right? thing is, is that these plans and like plans for like gradually emancipate, <clears throat> emancipating slaves was around for a long time. Yeah. Like all the way up until the Civil War where the South is like, I don't know. We don't know how to do it. I, I don't know how to do it. I can't do it without crushing our economy. Yeah. Well, and it's like they, <laughs> you know, it's impossible. I I just can't release these human beings. If I pay them, then I'll only be a hundred millionaire. <laughs> You're like yeah. Jeff Bezos. I just don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like, I don't like it any more than you do, but yeah. sorry. It's where we're at. I mean, I don't yeah. know. They seem pretty happy from what I've heard by people telling me what I need them to tell me. Yeah. yeah. Lafayette believed in this plan so much that he actually <clears throat> bought a plantation in French Guiana. Along with 70 slaves, they're already there, so he did purchase 70 slaves. He's mm-hmm. setting up Jonestown way early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he took away, like, the whip. He took away the crazy long hours. He took away the back-breaking work. In fact, they grew spices there, which were easier than cotton, right? Yeah, he who controls or, the spice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arrakis. But yeah, he, that, that's what he's going to do. He's going to eventually free them, right? Now, before he could actually get around to freeing them, history kind of happened. Mm-hmm. So he'd actually never got around to it. So they're just there? <laughs> they're just there. Yeah, they would have been slaves there anyway, right? Well, yeah, and I'll kind of tell you what... I'm not saying that, like... I'll tell you what... I'll tell yeah. you what happens... Let me backpedal a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to say. I'll, I'll tell you what happened to them, what their fate was. Because they knew that Lafayette was going to free them at some point. They just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. Right. Things transpire. <laughs> I guess. I guess what I'm saying is, it's like, had he done nothing, they would have been getting whipped and shit. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't really end up freeing them, which he no. should have. They all no. should have been free. They should have never been slaves in the first place. Exactly. It's but like at least they're. I'm. You finish with my backpedal. They were still. There. There were still slaves. Yeah. Right. And it sucks to be. You know. You don't want to be. It, you don't want anyone to be a slave, right? Yeah. Right. But at least it wasn't. You know, the best you can say is it wasn't he did, as bad. He made them a little... <laughs> Which made is his, fucked Made up. the situation a little better for people yeah. in a really shitty situation, but didn't get them out of the shitty situation. He, yeah. he, he did the, like, I don't know, the 18th century equivalent 
of putting a pizza in the oven and then passing out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Fuck, dude. Uh, <laughs> actually, writing later about Lafayette, Frederick Douglass called Lafayette a true abolitionist because he was for both emancipation and equal rights. And there were so many, there were so many people in Frederick Douglass's day that were like, "I'm against slavery." I just think it's going to ruin the economy that sounds if we familiar. don't have slang. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's it like, sounds familiar uh, coming from somebody who's rich as fuck yeah. and profiteering <laughs> off of slaves. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Wasn't that what Donald Trump said when he had that meeting with... Uh... With, with who? Uh, oh, uh, Frederick, Frederick Douglass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Frederick Douglass? Yep. What was uh, that? Like, yeah, he, he said, yeah, made like, a comment of him. He said, like, oh, yeah, this is a guy that, you know, he's, he's had uh, some popularity in recent years. And it's like... Well, it, it heavily... Im- it seemed to imply that he didn't know that he was dead. Yeah, he had been dead for. Yeah, over he said that. Years. Yeah, he said that he's getting more popular in recent years, and it's like you realize he was like one of the most important American figures of all time, right? I don't think he fucking knows who that is. No, no, <laughs> yeah. not at all. He's anyway. like, he's like, fuck! I got him mixed up with Chris Hemsworth again. <laughs> <laughs> so Lafayette was a lot of things, but he did stick to his principles. The slave trade was a divisive issue back then. And he never backed down from it. He always had the same opinion of it. So at least that can be said. That it was for him. fucked. Yeah. 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 Even though he still owned slaves. Again, yeah. he's like, I was gonna let him go. Yeah. Still, he as... still profit profited. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's I, not forget that. I'm you know? really into ships and bottles. I don't have a lot of time. So I hired these guys just to put the ships in the bottles, and then I was gonna let them go. And then I was gonna figure out a way to pay them. But it was after. But then I got and, bored. Yeah. And I forgot that they were doing it. Now I got 100 ships and bottles. I got like 50 dead slaves. And I got a whole bunch of other problems because I forgot to feed them. Well, <laughs> in, instead of that happening, it was more like events that would come to change the face of all world history happened. Yeah. And he was right in the middle of it. Right. And enough. that's how he kind of lost track of it. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying like... Yeah, he was sort of in the middle of this big thing. Yeah. It was on his list, but it was a mental list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah nice. You gotta write that shit down or you're gonna forget. Yeah. yeah. In 1784 to 1785, he took a trip back to America and was received with open arms by everyone, everywhere he went. It was a bit of a coming to America, too. Yes. <laughs> Soon in theaters. Yeah. Or on streaming. I don't fucking know. And he visited all 13 states. He uh, he worked his way down the snake, as they like to say. <laughs> he saw the don't tread on me thing, and he was like, I'm just, I'm doing the hopscotch. I'm going to yeah. tread on him. <laughs> he misunderstood. His English yeah. was good, not, but not great. great. Right. He was pretty fluent by this I know, time. it was a joke, Cherry. Uh, Fucking okay. Christ. <laughs> it's a comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined Chris's fault. Uh... So Lafayette, of course, stayed at uh, Mount Vernon with Washington, mm-hmm. and they Mount Vernon, there. Washington. Yeah, it's not far from here. Yeah, well, he actually spoke in front of the Virginia House of Delegates, and actually urged them to end slavery. And they were like, as uh, <laughs> and they they were like, we're going to quote our buddy uh, Washington when we say pass. Yeah, <laughs> they were all just like, ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh tugging at their. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, we should do that, but. Uh, 
the economy is. I mean, what are they gonna do? Like, then we gotta like let them vote and like give them like regular paying jobs and. It's like a whole can of worms, like, man. <laughs> and then, and then you, and the next thing you know, we gotta let women vote yeah. or people who don't own land. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a slippery slope at yeah, that point in time. Until everyone. Like I say, we just dropped the whole thing anyway. <laughs> Listen, Laffy, you're a cool guy. You got some. You got some pretty radical ideas, but uh, they're yeah. also radical ideas. You got let's, some radical uh, ideas. Let's uh, let's put a pin on it right now. Not owning human <laughs> beings is a radical idea. Yeah. Let's table that plan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Connecticut, Virginia, and Massachusetts actually gave him honorary citizenship. Cool. As well. He actually liked to brag that he got American citizenship before French citizenship was even thought of, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Uh, that is funny. Which is true. Sutalor, <laughs> I am American. His passport was like Snoop Dogg with a roll of condoms. It's, it's weird to think as citizenship not being a thing anywhere. Right. Yeah. And actually, exceptions were made, and he became a founding member of the Society of Cincinnati. Oh. Yeah. You know, that we talked about in the yeah. uh, Cincinnati yeah. episode for, you know, uh, veterans of the revolution. Lovers of cabbage. And they yeah. were like, no foreigners can be in this club except for Lafayette. Because he's a cool he's, guy. Because he's, he's dope practically not even a foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> well, on paper, he's American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says it right here. Meanwhile, in France, King Louis XVI was in a heap of trouble. Oh, yeah. France was bankrupt because it supported the American Revolution. <laughs> well, that's a goddamn whipsy dave Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just coming off of some other wars that were very expensive. They had a very draconian tax law. And a lot of people say that, like, the aristocracy never paid taxes, which they did. But what they did is they paid for tax exemptions. <laughs> so they paid money into the tax system so they didn't have to pay taxes. Ah, and I would assume that's less money than the taxes. Yeah, yeah. Glad we're past that now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, there's... It, oh, Thanks, oh, dude. Bezos. <laughs> and all the other billionaires. Um, yeah. Actually, it's funny because they're like, we're bankrupt because that money we gave you in the form of ships and soldiers and so forth, can you pay us back? And then Lafayette's like, get rid of slavery. And the U.S. is like, dude, we owe you guys so much money. Come on, man. You're putting us in a really bad position right like, now. We need more slaves, if anything. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't say it was Well, that's good the way thing. they went with it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. we, we better call Dutch Hulk. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Another thing the Dutch were known for. Yeah, the, the, the uh, Dutch slave trade. Yeah. Precisely. Led by a Dutch Hulk. Yeah, it's uh, it's tulips, it's marijuana, it's coffee, and uh, slave trade. Yeah, uh, Hulk. But, but a nice red light district. You know, yeah, I've been there. Now the uh, their tax system, of course, heavily fa- favored the rich because they were the only ones that were able to pay for these tax exemptions. Making the rules, yeah. exactly. Right. And this is sort of a reoccurring theme in France, especially at this time, where they're like, "Hey, can we do like tax reformation? Can we fix this?" And they're like, <laughs> no. <laughs> if the reformation, reformation means more taxes for you guys, because we're in a bit of a pickle right now. Like, we, yeah. I got, what? I got all these like gold rooms and gold toilets. Yeah. I, you know, I don't. This, this shit doesn't come free. No. So it's you guys got to work harder. Have yeah. you seen the parties we're throwing? Yeah, yeah. And the general sense at uh, King Louis's court is that he was a weak king. 
and the mm. evidence of this was sort of piling up day by day because he was he was a king that didn't have like super strong plans or anything. He was one of those leaders, and I'm not pointing any fingers, uh, but he's one of those leaders that you know the last person to speak to him is like the person he like, go with whatever they said. Yeah, you know, so right. like <laughs> that's you know, funny. Hey, we need to do this, and he'd be like, yeah. We do okay. need to do and that. then like he would waffle on it later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's a mark of a shit leader. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. I heard about a guy doing that recently, but uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. continue. I'm not pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway. Tiny hands. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson once said that if France didn't have a queen, they wouldn't have a revolution. That's bullshit. First off, the the king and queen may have been totally out of touch with their people, but they weren't actively trying to hurt them mm-hmm. as a lot of the French revolutionaries thought they were. You know what I mean? They were just so clueless that they, they had they no idea. They were doing what they do. They right. were doing exactly what they do and guess what? Like what they do is some bullshit. You yeah. know? So yeah. that's all that people were realizing. I mean Thomas Jefferson also said all men are created equal yeah. and owned human beings. Yeah. So yeah. When it's the British that forced that on us. He's like, I don't want human beings any more than you want. Don't want me owning human well, beings. He, but he, how am I going to pay for my lavish estate? Yeah. Monticello needs at least a dozen more wings. <laughs> and let's not even get started about Aquacello. <laughs> <laughs> Under the sea. Yeah. He's got like big old domes and stuff. Yeah. Under the sea. It's like Sea Lab. Yeah. Or uh, the one uh, underwater society in the Star Wars prequels. Uh, oh, the, the, oh, Odegunga. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, Degunga. Oh, Degunga. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just that, like, that, that cut one of those out. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. sounds like Odebenga. You guys know who Odebenga was? Mm-mm. Story for a different day. Moving on. Was it the richest man in Africa? No. Oh, Far from it. Okay. Kind of the opposite. The poorest man in Africa? Uh, sort that's of. kind of hard to judge that one. He, he was a he was a pig he was a pygmy that was brought to America to live in the Brooklyn Zoo. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's when we had human exhibits at the zoos. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. yeah. Brought to you by P.T. Barn. Uh, close. Furthermore, uh, the much-anticipated marriage of the king and queen turned out to be an awkward disaster. When King Louis was first taking the throne, he was betrothed to Marie Antoinette, who was mm-hmm. an Austrian, I think, daughter of a duchess or princess or something like that they're all related yeah they're all related pretty nebulous she was like the most beautiful like noble in europe really at the time and considering how inbred they were that's probably uh yeah probably true the the thing was is it was sort of a diplomatic marriage relations with the austrians had always been sort of rocky and there there was this weird tradition with the court after a wedding, a, a royal wedding, where they would go to the, the royal bedchamber and they were expected to consummate the marriage. Uh, because the number one thing on, on, your, pri- on your priority list as a new heir. king is yeah. to get a new heir. Right, right. Uh, hopefully a male heir. The, what they would do is they would go to the bedchambers, consummate the marriage, and then pull back the curtains. And the whole court's there like... Cream pie! <laughs> Jesus. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. But when they did this with, with Louis and Marie Antoinette, they the awkward couple was just sort of there, and they were like, yeah, it didn't happen. 
Couldn't get it up with all you guys watching. <laughs> well, it, 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 you, it was a sad handy. Just oh, mashing it. Oh, dude. Just feel like it. it's super hard to fuck when all I can smell is popcorn, you guys. So <laughs> nah, nah. I just want some of that popcorn. It was a bad omen mm-hmm. uh, for, for the courtiers. You know, like, oh, great. The rain's going to be fucking terrible now. And actually, Marie Antoinette's mother said that if someone as beautiful as her daughter couldn't get him going, you know, I don't know what can. It's probably gay. Do you guys want to know what it was? Yes. So Louis had a condition. Uh, ED? No. That made it painful for him to get an erection. Oh, and any. Do you know what this... <laughs> do you know what this uh, condition was? Uh, Syphilis. No. Bonitis. No. Bonitis. No. <laughs> um, Said that already. <laughs> and any. He he didn't have an Audi, he had an Innie? He had an Innie. Sort of close. Uh, No, he had phimosis, which if you remember back to our Garfield episode, Charles Gateau had the same weird dick. Oh, weird dick. Yeah, so basically the foreskin is wrapped too tight on the penis, and it makes it painful. Makes your dick bow inside of the... Ah! Of the... uh, uh, foreskin. So bonitis. <laughs> uh, and actually circumcision and it, there's a very, you know, the, there's a bunch of pretty uninvasive surgeries yeah. to fix this. But uh, Louis was horrified, terrified of getting it done because they got to, you know, they got to chop his dick. He's like, it's way better skin. to be in extreme pain every time I get an erection <laughs> than go anywhere near the knife. <laughs> Which is actually probably not a bad idea because at the at that point in time, it's like, so the surgery was a, su- a success, but you're going to die of infection. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it's funny that you bring that up because it wasn't the fear, uh, he wasn't fearful of the knife, he was more afraid of being around a, a Jewish man. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering, is there a lot... Not a lot of large Jewish population in France. Yeah. That's uh, mainly Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Mainly Catholic. Certain uh, Circumcision was definitely a total cure for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just didn't want to it's do it. It's a pretty simple one. Yeah. I okay. circumcised my son immediately first chance I got because I knew he was going to have a weird Louis dick. And I was <laughs> like... Yeah, and also Andrew said he wouldn't watch any of the porn that he was in when he was an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so... Jesus. I was just thinking, I was like... He knew if he got it. If he had a bris, then he'd probably have to have like a a moil. Yeah, yep. he needed a moil. You got to hire a moil. I was I was gonna say a, a, Can't a, have a, bris a bar mitzvah. Oh, and uh, <laughs> down the road, and then he was, then he'd be a man, and then he could make love to a woman. Yes, he didn't want to go down that road. No, he didn't want to remember all that uh, Hebrew. <laughs> You didn't want to practice the It's like, form. if I don't fucking memorize this, I'm never going to get married people like, to a woman. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus if, Christ. If I don't memorize all this Hebrew, okay. I'll never make love to a woman. Yeah. We are way off. King track. Louis. <laughs> <We're> way- <laughs> king Louis. <laughs> the fucking king of a Catholic country. He uh, was a little mistaken. Sure. Uh, uh, very mistaken. Eventually, the king and queen did produce children. Although, this caused everyone in France to go... Yeah, I bet you she's, uh, you know, she's yeah. sleeping around. Yeah. You know, with every Tom, Dick, and Harry yeah. <laughs> that's in the uh, court. And uh, every Dick. Dick, Dick, and Dick, yeah. 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 Kid Dick, comes out Richard looking like and... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's also Austrian. <laughs> that's where my mind went. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> also, you know, yeah. his son looks like him, apparently. <laughs> From the maid. Yeah. <laughs> 
and is a bodybuilder with the exact same face. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like people are like, "Huh, your the maid's son looks awful familiar." Yeah. There, there was also rumor that uh, Lafayette himself got in the mix. Oh, yep. yep. Oh, not it, true. And but, that's where the political cartoons come into play. Yeah, there, there was definitely you know anyone that spent a little too much time at court, you know the con, the contre all these people were all all accused of sleeping around with Marie Antoinette. Yep, and they all did. Every one of them. Uh. Probably not. I kind of weirdly defend Marie Antoinette. I think it's... I think she's sort of she's oblivious to all this stuff. That's kind of her worst mistake she ever had. Yeah, that's a good she point. was just oblivious. I wasn't trying to make her look bad. I was like, you know, you 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 do you, sister. Like yeah. women doing it for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Chris is sex positive. Yeah. Towards the um, the uh, 18th century French aristocracy yeah, specifically, right. but modern day England. women not so much. It's actually. Really jarring hearing some of his views on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, join us on our Discord uh, at, when you sign yeah. up on Patreon so that you can hear all of uh, Chris's uh, thoughts uh, and feelings, wild yeah. revelations. Yeah, and uh, yeah, on our Patreon on on the new hundred dollar level, you have uh, History Boys Red, and that's Red State Red, and you get to hear some of Chris's views about women and uh, people, people, you know, people of color, and it's it's pretty. Really pulling a full Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, but you can also buy Chris's. Uh, it's a powdered slop. You add water to. It's great for the apocalypse, and, <laughs> and he's selling it by the bucket. It's like a five pound. It's a five pound bucket, and uh, it tastes vaguely uh, like food. Yeah. <laughs> mixed with powdered cement mix, and yeah. uh, I don't know. If but it'll dr- get you rock hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's that's mostly high. the powdered cement that's in the mix. It'll it's get like soiling. Yeah, it, it it really it really stays with it you. Sticks to your ribs. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it literally sticks to your ribs. It really stays with you for a long time. Yeah. And uh, strange, I don't know about anyone else, but it gave me nightmares, like, worst nightmares. That <laughs> oh, I've that's ever had. that's one of the first symptoms. Yeah, yeah. horrid nightmares. You take it enough, you get day nightmares. Yeah. Daymares. Daymares. <laughs> you get you get the symptoms it's of like, a rug burn on your elbows and knees without. It's ever like doing daytime sleep paralysis. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay, moving on. So not knowing what to do about the country's financial crisis, in in late 1786, Louis made a fateful decision. He called the Assembly of Notables for mm. the first time in nearly 200 years. He only did this in dire situations. Yes. Now this, the, the Assembly of Notables was a body of high-ranking... Uh, nobles and clergy that were summoned in this case to basically look at the country's books and be like, all right, how much trouble are we in? And the new finance ministers, they went, they had three of them. Jacques Necker was the one that kind of took center stage. He was like, here, all of it is we're fucked. And like the (laughs) king was mad. He showed everything. Yeah. He wasn't Mm -hmm. supposed to show everything. You know, wasn't supposed to tell everybody exactly how fucked they were, but he did. And that was like, a, you know, the king was like, fuck. Yes. Based, so, based when, off my findings, we're fucked. When yeah. you're super fucked, you got to call the five other dudes who know math because education's <laughs> expensive. So mm. only the aristocracy or people of high standing had it. You get them in a room and you go, okay, I need you to look at the books and find a way to cook them because I'm in a lot of trouble, guys. <laughs> I'm in a lot of trouble. Sort of. Only he was like, I, I think the king probably wanted to cook the books or something. Yeah. But like, he was like, no, we got to fix this financial situation. We actually have to fix it. 
and they were like, oh, dear Lord, we are totally fucked. And, like, the king's like, god damn it. Why did we decide to host the Olympics? (laughs) (laughs) Lafayette was among the assembly of notables. He was standing up there being like, hey, this is not a representation of France. It's just the rich people that are looking at this. And every time we send any kind of tax reform plans to the Parlement, it always gets struck down. Why? Because you're asking these notables, you know, these these really rich nobles to pay taxes. And they're not going to vote to pay taxes. Why would you vote to pay more taxes? You know, it it was just... it was a dead end. Yeah. Right. Just, the country's totally fucked and bankrupt, and, uh, you know, the rich are super fucking rich, and they're like, well, I'd rather just, uh, you know, I'd keep on just keep being doing, rich. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> just keep doing what I'm doing. Can't you just cook the books? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make resources come out of nowhere. Yeah. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Can't you just charge poor people more? They, like, <sighs> I've seen they got it so fat easy. poor people, so they're yeah. getting enough. Well, and they're, uh, they live in their car. They also had like internal tariffs. They could afford a car. Yeah, they could afford a Datsun to live in. No. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> they also have an iPhone. Yeah. They had internal tariffs too inside the country. If you were like taking something somewhere, you know, every time you cross the little border between this place and that place, there was tariffs. There was all sorts of stuff, and it just crippled the whole economy. And a lot of this has to do with their sort of outdated uh, feudalism that still existed in France. So what these people were arguing is that we have to basically call for a larger representation of France to figure this out. There's no way. Like, this is a dead end. Every time we ask the Parlement to do anything, they won't. In fact, most of the Assembly of Notables wanted to do almost anything except for pay taxes. So, so what the king decided to do, another faithful decision, was call the Estates General. Now, France is made up of, at this time, of three estates. So the first estate is the clergy. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all of, you know, your, your, bish, uh, your bishops and everything like that. Churchy um, guys. Churchy guys. And they uh, don't pay any taxes. And they get all of these great tax benefits as yeah. well. They make a lot of money. That sounds right? like a money pit. Yeah, it is. Right. Only they, they make a lot of money off of it. They profiteer. Hardcore. And then you have the second estate, which is what Lafayette belonged to. And that's your nobles, your mm-hmm. aristocracy. And then you had the third estate, which was called the commons, which is mm-hmm. everyone else. Mm-hmm. The third estate, I mean, should be pretty obvious, is most of the people in France. Well, it's then, the 99%. Well, then you should increase yeah. the taxes on them because it's most of them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the backbone of the economy, right? Yeah. There aren't that many, uh, <laughs> you know, nobles. <laughs> yeah. Why tax them? There's like a hundred nobles I and mean, they, they have, have 99% of all the wealth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's and not I'm, a lot of them, so... Once again asking is that in my view, I think. <laughs> anyway, they yeah, also had all the ceremonial swords. You guys see the bit. Yep. Yeah, the nobles had all the ceremonial swords, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they probably did. That's uh, actually yeah. almost certainly true. Yeah. Commoners have no need for ceremony. Yeah. No, no, they don't need the pomp and circumstance. You definitely don't want them. They with just sharp want food. objects. 
They just want food. Yeah. Because France is starving at this time. There's actually a grain sh- shortage. And there's widespread famine. People are starving in the streets of Paris. Their children are fucking sober as a priest. Uh. What is going on? Their children need wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What did they do to deserve this sober existence? Yeah. This so, I, raw can, dog in reality. <laughs> <laughs> so considering, considering the king... But, but since the king was actually asking for their input, the third estate came loaded with their... With all, they had a list of grievances. They had some input. They had some input. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, first time the king's ever asked me what my fucking thoughts are? Here's my thoughts. <laughs> they were like, oh, the yeah. king's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, and that's how it was, too, because they took up a bunch of time just, yeah. this is fucked, this whole thing is fucked, you know, because every time we vote on anything, you guys always outvote us because we have the same representation as you do, yeah. even though we outnumber you. There's a part in Hamilton when Burr and Hamilton are arguing, and he mm-hmm. goes, here's a list of 30 years of disagreements. Yeah. <laughs> An itemized list of 30 years of disagreements, and Aaron Burr goes, sweet Jesus. <laughs> well, I just, I, I like that it's like... This is like 200 years of, of no, grievances. and more than one dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most do- of France. Your dogs wear, like, fucking imported silk... I'm wearing a burlap sack. I feel like there's a They're middle like, ground. Uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you can afford a burlap sack. Yeah. I think you're doing fine. Yeah. Okay. Looks warm to me. I wouldn't wear it, but yeah. looks warm. It looks warmish. Looks warm. Looks fine. Yeah. If you can afford a burlap sack, you can afford um, to get back to work. Yeah. Maybe uh, get maybe get a job. You ever think yeah. of that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the aristocracy, who never works for anything, right? Yeah. Uh, well, they don't need to, because they're they rich. Yeah. Well, I mean... They're they, job creators. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're job creators. I really don't think they should be taxed, because if they are, they're going to... They're all going to move to Texas. And in addition to that, I mean, like, I don't know, man. Like, they get up at 8 a.m., they make three decisions a day, and then they take the day off, and they're the richest people on the planet. Yeah. They're clearly the hardest working. Yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. It's right. a living. Yeah. yeah. Don't work an eight-hour day. I don't work or a fourteen-hour day in a warehouse owned by the person who makes three decisions a day. Yeah, and exactly. is the richest man on the planet. Yeah, I'm talking uh, about King Louis. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. From, From Jungle Book. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> From Jungle Book. Now, now Lafayette, he oh. was elected as well to the uh, Estates General um, among his second estate, and he was actually one of the very few uh, liberal uh, voices among the second estate saying like, hey, we need to vote by head instead of voting the way we have been because they, I mean, that's most, this is not liberty. It's like, a that's, collision course. Yeah, well, like, that's most of France that we just keep out voting. Like, yeah. that's not fair. You know what I mean? He's just stating the obvious. Yeah. He's like, like, hey, we know you fought for liberty, but uh, we didn't expect you to do that here. Yeah, right. Right. I regret uh, getting you that big yeah. ass house. Yeah, so the third estate was like, yay Lafayette. And He's a man of the people. Yeah. Everyone else was basically like, fuck you, dude. You're, Boo, you're, you're a traitor to your class, you know? And Oh, a class traitor. Yeah. I mean, they, they met for months, you know what I mean? And one thing that happened is because they couldn't agree on to, like, change voting structure, they couldn't agree, agree on any, like, base level stuff before they even got to the issue of taxes or anything like that. Because the third estate's like, we got some shit to talk about, yeah. you know? And they had to talk about all this other stuff now other than what brought them here. Right. And it was just, they were just spiraling down this toilet bowl into complete fucking madness. Meanwhile, Lafayette's like, guys, we can go around this, we can go round and round all day, 
but they're building guillotines outside. And, <laughs> not quite uh, yet. Not quite yet. <laughs> No, but like he can he can read the tea leaves. I know, like, you know, in a way, in a way, there's a lot of unforeseen things that are gonna happen. But in a way, he's like, this is gonna be upended. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we don't do something and do it fast, Laffy again, you're coming up with these super radical ideas. Yeah, calm down. Stay the like, course. Can't you just do some more <laughs> of those radical kickflips on your skateboard? Yeah, <laughs> right. He's a regular skater boy. Yeah. We discussed that last yeah, episode. Yeah. While people in Paris were starving in the streets and killing each other over scraps of bread, you know, the king and queen are throwing lavish parties with tables full of food and, like, all this stuff, you know. Rumors you, would circulate that they were hoarding You gotta stimulate meat. the economy, so. Yeah, yeah. That's a trickle, trickle down. Yeah, trickle. Being lavish parties, being like, France is broke! <laughs> well, this is what we always do. Yeah. You know, like, that's how it kind of Clearly, works. they aren't partying hard enough. Yeah, yeah right. Trickle-down partying. Yeah. Now, that is a concept I can get behind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Led by Andrew W.K. He's yeah. like, if we party real hard, then the, it'll trickle down to the lower class, and then they'll party pretty hard. And then all the way down to homeless people. They're drunk in an alley. They're already partying. You see, it's already working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can smoke refries. You're not better than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's still like half a cigarette the, left. The, yeah. the poor people are drinking the uh, almost empty beer yeah. with the cigarette butts in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what that is. And it, even that last like, bit of beer, like when it's like, you know, got about a centimeter left, it's fucking gross. That's it's so, legacy yeah. beer, man. The ass of the beer. That's what I call yeah, it. The yeah, the ass end of the beer. Now, Lafayette, him and a newly formed committee. Now, when we, when we do uh, talk about the... French Revolution as a whole, because again, I'm not going to talk about the whole French Revolution. If you do, I've I've had uh, people ask for this, but if you do want to hear about the French Revolution, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be at least four parts. It's a giant fucking story to tell. <laughs> it's going to be at least four parts. If you want to hear it, email us at historyboyspodcast at gmail .com and tell me if you want to yeah. hear it or not. And I'll only do it if I get enough emails, honestly. And if you it's really want to know about be it. a doozy. If you want to know about it, you can listen to Mike Duncan's Revolutions. There's also that, which is... But he doesn't tell jokes. No, he doesn't. So, though he calls people, like, and then he... he, he he's kind of stuff. funny. He's he kind of funny, because he'll be like... And then he comes up to him and he's like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he says dude a lot. No. So yeah, uh, Lafayette for, uh, was in a member of the committee of... 30, which advocated for voting by head and to represent all the three estates equally. And even though many of his estate didn't get on board, members of the clergy were willing to get on board with it. So they declared themselves the National Assembly rather mm. than the Estates General. Same thing, but it's a different, it's a whole different thing. They're seems taking like on more responsibility. Seems like there's right. a lot of pageantry here. So much, so much. And Lafayette was a big fan of that. Know that. Big fan of symbols and pageantry. He's like, the court stuff, not a huge fan of. This new pageantry, I can get behind. He likes the enlightenment pageantry. Yeah, yeah. he's like, uh... Now, where's my sash? Once I, <laughs> once I uh, roundhouse kick this bell that's hanging from the ceiling, we can get started. Pretty much. Like, you know this is weird as shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, in response, the conservatives of the group uh, decided to lock out the third estate huh. and Lafayette from the proceedings. It's like when they uh, they shut down the government because they're not getting what they want. Well, kind of. It was well. It'd be like locking out one group mm -hmm. and then just carrying on yeah. and mm -hmm. and being like, 
we're getting stuff done, even though they're just speaking in an echo chamber. It's like the Democrats right now. Well, <laughs> if that's fucking time. If the frankly. Democrats were to lock out the Republicans, or the Republicans locked out the Democrats, it would be a lot like it, not the same, but it'd be similar. It's mm-hmm. like all the social media services uh, silencing conservative voices, and then the and then the Democrats just doing a bunch of executive orders it's on doing, you know, four years of really hard work from like one of the greatest presidents. Quick, that, quick rant. Donald Trump signed 220 executive orders in his four years. Jesus fuck, uh, seriously? That's not actually that crazy. That's really not that crazy. Barack Obama was 274 or 5, I believe, but over the course of eight years. And I think Bill Clinton was 290-something. Eh, that still sounds like... I, I think Bill Clinton was 269 and stopped and was like, nice. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, nice. every president <laughs> signs a bunch of executive orders, okay. okay? And if you go back and look through the executive orders and sort of what they mean and how much more power was given to them over over time, like, I mean, Ronald Reagan had more than those yeah. those two presidents put Combined, together. Yeah. So, so. Stop! Stop with the executive well, order bitching. And it's not like, I'm, I'm fucking tired of hearing. But it's it. also not like the second they sign an executive order, it's nobody can fucking fight. No, no, it, it can like, be struck down almost instantly because yeah. it hasn't been passed by Congress. It's yeah. not a law. Anyway, I'm, I'm fucking tired of hearing about the executive orders <laughs> just saying, being yeah, fucking like, dictatorial. It's fucking dumb. Well, it's shit. like I think I think I'm never, not normally like these like both sides kind of get, but I do think both sides are only mad about executive orders when. It doesn't go their way. Exactly. It's like the deficit. You gotta cut that out because... You gotta cut that out. Dude, all presidents fucking do it. They... But I'm just saying, get some history know, in you and fucking make sense of the world. Yeah. Saying, and like, the way they cut out the third estate is like way like you know like you know you, certain people getting silenced on you know Twitter like parlor. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's exactly, so locking, locking <laughs> you know, the third just, estate, locking the third estate out, was like, oh, you guys want an equal voice? Now you have no voice. Yeah. Instead of your shitty voice that you had earlier, and it's like, and so all these people, Lafayette was not among them. Uh, he was also locked out, yeah. but he was not among them who did this. The people that were locked out got super pissed off and went to the tennis courts and took an oath. They were like, we, are, we will never disband until this country has a constitution. And it's called the Tennis Court Oath. Huh. And it's sort of the beginning of the French Revolution. That's the most country club shit I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> they went to the tennis court right next to the sauna. They were at they Versailles. Said, yeah, I know. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> so, and it's right after uh, nine uh, holes of golf. Yeah, yeah. They're like they could have done eighteen. I I am tense from those nine <laughs> holes, and the sauna's right there. But I'm gonna stop at the tennis court, have a glass of iced tea, and protest this, and make a declaration. For all of us, may I have a hot towel while I do this? <laughs> I'm not the rabble, but I care about him. And some foie gras. Yeah, and some foie gras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. And it, honestly, it's just ineptitude from a dog shit leader, is what it is. Yeah. And the fact that the system is totally rigged towards the rich aristocracy. Yeah. Now, the assembly continued to meet, as did the estates general. They were sort of going by... They went by a lot of different names. Um, I'm not really going to get into that here. The assembly declared the tennis court oath, like the third estate, and all of their demands. They just they declared it illegal. Like the king got up and he was like, uh, "What they want to do is uh, uh, illegal, and uh, we can't do that." And it's like, <laughs> "You're the king. <laughs> okay. cool. yeah. It's illegal now, huh?" Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I said so. Because I'm yeah. the king. Yeah. So he just made it cool now. 
Right. I don't make exactly. the rules. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I just... Yeah, I write them down and enforce them. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it pissed them off. And honestly, it shoved them further into radicalism is all it really did. Like what doubling down does. That's when you what it doubling, does. When, when people are mad at something you do and then you double down on it, it just pisses it, them off yeah. more. <laughs> you know? That's how you get killed. Well, it's it's how you get a real mess off around, populace. see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Ooh boy, he was about to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck around, find out. Yeah. So as tensions were heightening, uh, Lafayette, along with his good buddy Thomas Jefferson, and a French clergyman, Emmanuel Joseph Saya, mm-hmm. I, I believe is how you pronounce it. Sawyer. Saya. 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 He was known Simpsons as reference. Yep, there we He go. was known as uh, Abbe Saya. Together, all wrote the first draft of one of the most important documents in all of world history. And that was called the Declaration of the Rights of Man and of the Citizen. Ah. It's what our const- it's what our Constitution and Bill of Rights is based off of. Huh. Because Madison was like, hey, I'm working on something too. May, may, mind if I like peek in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> mind if I uh, take some snapshots of that yeah. room? Yeah. So understand this though about Lafayette is even though he's insanely enthusiastic about not having a monarch and his Republican Enlightenment ideals in the, in the United States, he was for a constitutional monarchy in France. Mm-hmm. He didn't think that that sort of level of republicanism would work in france yeah he thought that an old country like france needed to be sort of let down easy and have a constitutional monarchy a lot like great britain and even thomas jefferson said if you need inspiration for this you need to look towards great britain which is which is kind of crazy yeah you know (laughs) they just fought a war right but yeah that's what they said they're like it's cool as soon as as soon as the queen dies the royal family just dissolves, and then it's just parliament, and we're just going to let them down easy. Let them think that they're doing their thing. She gets to wave, do that weird hand wave where it's like kind of like a side-to-side, not so much a back-and-forth. Beauty, beauty queen. Yeah. And uh, and and then, like, a hundred years later, they're like, she's still fucking alive. All of her kids are dead, and her kids' kids are dead. And, like, she's still fucking alive. I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get... What is she eating? Anyway, <laughs> it's it's obvious that, that it's uh, the blood of uh, of die. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, a bathory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, regular bathory. Yeah, go she... listen to the spooky seasons. Also, spotted dick because her husband has a spotted penis. Yeah, it's well, it's from the decisions that he made earlier in his life. Fuck his Dalmatian, uh, it got weird. He's an exceptional foreskin. <laughs> it's, it's too tight. He has almost a, tight a royal foreskin. foreskin. <laughs> Far um, above average. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Declaration for the Rights of Man and of the Citizen was Enlightenment thinking to the hilt. Mm. It called for universal equality, uh, liberty, property, security, and the resistance to oppression. Oh. Even even Thomas Jefferson was like property, huh? Hmm. Everyone has the right to property, huh? Tall order. Okay. Mm. That's why it's not included in ours. Yeah. Honestly, because that's like he's like, Ugh. everyone has a Ugh. right to property, huh? He's like, I have right to property. Yeah. I'm Thomas Jefferson. Not everyone has the right to property. Fuck you, damn. <laughs> I pulled myself up from next year to say everyone can vote. Right. Yeah. Well, property is like something like that they actually that physically exists. It's yeah. not like. 
fucking wishes and fucking gumdrop mm. fucking yeah, like they can, have the, they can right. have the wishes they want they can talk they can talk about equality they can talk about you know liberty security in their document, and resistance to but like <laughs> property is a physical thing that's like promising everyone a hundred bucks you know what i mean like, yeah promising or everyone uh, once you're promising people physical shit that's finite that exists yeah that's where things get like dicey. a like a brand new soda machine in the lunchroom Oh, one of those cool ones that's like the Coca-Cola one. The flavor you, machine. Yeah, the flavor machine. Right. Ooh. You make any kind of Coke yeah, you want. This, these things, you know, liberty, property, security, and resistance to oppression, these are called natural and imperceptible rights of man, right? The, the, these are rights you couldn't take away yeah. that everyone just had. Inalienable, right? He also uh, was for a meritocracy versus the heretical aristocracy. He also advocated in this document an end to feudalism. And the aristocratic tax exemptions. Oh, we should um, get those here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's literally burning down the house while he's still inside. Yeah, kind of, kind of. This is fine. <laughs> freedom of freedom of speech and of the press. He had definitions of liberty, like liberty does no harm to anybody. Liberty only frees people. He said that uh, ending arbitrary arrests and imprisonments needed to end. Like, only if you vi- violated the law can you be arrested or go to jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> like how that was just yeah. crazy. Uh, what? Uh, also, also because France was predominantly a Catholic country, he wanted religious freedom, uh, especially for Protestants, because a lot of his friends back in America were Protestant. And he was like, come on, our country's got to be nice to my friends, right? Yeah. So he called for that as well. Mm-hmm. The, he also talked about the, uh, that there was this idea of the, the nation would have to bend to the general will. And general will, like, this is something that happens all the fucking time, especially in Enlightenment constitutions and, like, governing documents is that they'll say something that seems obvious to them and seems totally clear, but it's it's like, what the fuck is the general will, yeah. right? Like, what is that? Like, if you read through our Constitution, it's riddled with stuff like this. This is why people, like, totally... Can argue it. They can argue it. They get law degrees in just constitutional law because it's so open-ended, right? Yeah. So the general will, this would come back to bite France in the dick, after this, because so they're pussies. Yeah, because uh, the anyone can claim to be acting on behalf of the, of the general will of the people, right? And if you dis- if you if you're able to somehow draw a line between yourself on on ha- acting on behalf of the general will of the people, yeah. and someone else that you point the finger at and say they are not acting on behalf of the general will of the people, how do you argue that? Exactly. So then, if you get people riled up enough, all of a sudden you're cutting off people's heads. Mm-hmm. Right? Pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, General Will really came back to bite him. Mm-hmm. Now, it'd be some time, however, uh, before this whole declaration was amended several times and then ratified. I say ratified loosely mm-hmm. because it was... Sort of ratified, and then ignored, and then not ratified. A whole thing went... It, this thing had a life of its own, mm. right? It's a um, living document. Exactly. However... Like the Necronomicon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It'll bite you. Action. Yeah, it'll get you. Did I already drink my beer? I mean, you can drink can I go pee pee? I got to pee so bad, I was waiting for you to get to... Go. Is it a rebellion? However, though, 
three days after Lafayette published the Declaration of the Rights of Man and of the Citizen, something happened uh, that overshadowed it. Hmm. Totally. And that was the fall of the Bastille. Oh, no. Storming of the Bastille. Bastille. Yeah. It's the most famous prison. (laughs) Pretty much. Now, one story, probably a popular. It's like yeah. Right, yeah. It's it's the French Azkaban. It's an Oblia. Yeah, okay, thank you. Because I yeah. think I brought up an Oblia in another yeah, you episode, did, you and you're did. like, this isn't quite an Oblia. Yeah. And you're like, the an Oblia, it's like the Bastille. Yeah. And then I forgot, and then when you brought it up, I was like, I'm going to get there, and you beat me. God yeah. damn it. It was an Oblia. One story, probably apocryphal. When the king found out about this, he was reading to a group of kindergartner garden, gardeners, and somebody whispered in his ear. No, I'm kidding. Uh, 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 When he found out about this, they were like, you know, they're storming the Bastille. And the king said, is it a rebellion? And the person telling him this said, no, sire, it's a revolution. Oh, no. Meanwhile, at the Bastille, they're like, free chicken Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) The Bastille actually had uh, seven prisoners in it that's all it really had at that point there was a forger there was an old man in there that tried to assassinate louis the 15th there was an irishman that his parents locked him up in there because he believed himself to be julius caesar he was a madman <laughs> oh it's like uh, it's like when people somebody thinks they're napoleon yeah who we're gonna see in this story by the way bender uh, there was actually marquis de sade was in the Bastille? Ten days before the fall of the Bastille, he was transferred to a different prison. No ah. shit. Yeah. There's a lot of conspiratorial-minded people Ships that think that, that was like a thing. So I'm not really going to go into all the details about the storming of the Bastille because I'm going to save that for an eventual French Revolution series. Okay. Okay. Uh, what I will say is after the storming of the Bastille was successful for the mobs of Paris... They looked around at all these guys that now had a bunch of guns. And they were like, now we have an army. We have an army and we've taken, we've basically taken Paris for ourselves. And we got this army with a bunch of dudes with guns and shit. Who is going to lead our new army? Gee, I wonder. Lafayette? Uh, Bruce Campbell. Well, the, 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 you know, the army of darkness. At this point, the friend of the people and the only military man that seems to be a friend of the people, Marquis de Lafayette. Hmm. Lafayette! Sorry. So he became, he became like the, the commander, the general of the newly minted National Guard. What happened was, is like, Louis, like, surrounded the city with troops. Mm -hmm. Let's call them federal troops. (laughs) Loyalists (laughs) of federales. They demanded basically take away your troops. Louis decided, probably probably rightly, that he was going to visit Paris and try to kind of smooth things over. When he got there, you know, because they had elected a new mayor, like, they had, they'd really taken Paris away from Louis. Yeah. And he was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So he... He's, he, he's got a sash and everything. It's funny. <laughs> well, and Lafayette actually, like, designed their uniforms and paid for new uniforms Reminds and me stuff. of D.C. They're looking all snappy. The mayor of D.C. hated Donald Trump. <laughs> mm. Bailly, I forget his uh, first name, but Bailly was the new uh, mayor of Darren. Paris. Yeah, Darren. Yeah. Chaz Bailly. <laughs> Darren. Uh, Darren's going away for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he capitulated to their demands, and he uh, removed his royal regiments surrounding the city, came back to Paris. 
when he did come to Paris, he was very on edge because the whole city is not cool with him at this point. Wants to kill his ass. They wish a motherfucker would. (laughs) Yeah. So they pinned a uh, red and blue cockade on him, Mm. which is the colors of Paris. Mm -hmm. And he was going to appear to his people in solidarity wearing this cockade. He didn't really want to wear it. He was there wearing it. And it was the bulletproof vest at the time. <laughs> uh, sort of. Lafayette appeared on the on the balcony with him and took some red ribbon it or, or white ribbon. It's sort of unclear exactly how this went down, but the crux of it is is that Lafayette took some white ribbon and tied it with the red and blue uh, cockade. And this the the white symbolized the Bourbon monarchy and the uh, uh, ASEAN regime. So it was sort of the symbol of the royal power along with the symbols of the Parisian city. So it, it came to sort of represent like, I'm the king, I'm with you. It, unity. Sort of so, it's unity, solidarity sort of a thing. And everybody was, yeah, every, that, that placated everyone for now. You know, everyone's like, yay. They even said like, long live the king and stuff like that. Good job with the ribbon there. Your exactly. Highest. Yeah. Again, pomp and <laughs> circumstance and symbols, they were Saves very important. The day. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Very important. And, and Lafayette would learn that that would, that sort of thing would only get him so far. <laughs> you know? This is how we got fashion week. This is how we get the French tricolor flag. Huh. Lafayette pretty much invented that uh, oh, in this cool. moment. And also Pittsburgh fashion week. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, trash bags. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, fuck you, Pittsburgh. <laughs> kidding. You got I love right you, Pittsburgh. I have a friend that lives in Pittsburgh. Very dear friend of mine. I hope he's listening. Hey, Logan. What are they anyway. famous for? Steel. Oh, okay. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Union uh, jobs. Uh, Pittsburgh union job. The king and his entourage returned to Versailles. Now, the declaration was ratified and then rejected by the king, if you can believe that. Uh, much to everyone's chagrin. It was rumored, this this sort of kicked off a lot of things. It Some of this was true, but here's what the rumor was. Is that the king and the queen did never wanted the declaration and had no intention of signing the declaration. And that they were throwing these lavish parties as the people in, in Paris were starving. Mm-hmm. And this one in in particular party that happened after the storming of Bastille and after he was in Paris, they all got really drunk and like ate a bunch of food and took off the tricolor cockades, threw them on the floor and stomped on them and said like, death to the tricolor, long live the monarchy and stuff like that. That seems a bit far. Yeah. Um. (laughs) There's a kernel to truth to it. They were absolutely throwing parties. Yeah, I'm sure they were throwing parties, but... I feel like even they were like, if we did that, we would be, like, essentially tempting fate. Yeah, but, but, but think about it this way. The king did surround himself with a bunch of syncophants and people that did tell him what he wanted to hear. And that long live the king and all that stuff. He liked hearing that. You know what I mean? So it's not hard to believe. But it was- it, it's probably... There's some bullshit in there. So... Was like at this at these parties. Was there cake? Is that when Maria Antoinette said the thing? Okay, and okay. Like, let's talk about this. Let's and, talk and, about and this. Was uh, Blue Monday playing by New Order in the background? <laughs> so let's talk about the that last uh, part. Yeah, but the rest of it. Didn't. Let, okay. Let's let's talk about the let the meat cake thing. You may have heard this before, but Marie Antoinette never said 
let them eat cake when she heard about the starving Parisians. In fact, uh, that's a very old quote that goes way, way back. Let them eat cake. It goes way, 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 way back. All it's really doing is just sort of describing the uh, aristocratic and royal uh, disconnection mm -hmm. between themselves and the normal populace. Right. Now, there was one guy... Uh, I believe he was a guard at Versailles, like a high-ranking guard at Versailles, that did say, well, if they're starving, they should just eat hay. Mm -hmm. And that really pissed him off. They actually cut his head off and put it on a pike and stuffed hay in his mouth. Nice. <laughs> there we go. Sounds like he had that coming. Yeah, they weren't fucking around. He was the, uh, maybe they shouldn't spend so much money on avocado toast and... And, and iPhones. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cut that guy's head off and shove avocado toast <laughs> in his mouth. Yeah. Fucking Paul Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Show an iPhone in his fucking mouth. Yeah. He's like, maybe if they didn't spend so much money on new iPhones. It's yeah. like, oh yeah? So added to this, uh, the king called in the Flanders Regiment <laughs> to come... Stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> to come to Versailles. <laughs> the Flanders Regiment was like their Navy SEALs. Yeah. Like these guys were the, like, the hardened group... Of, of the military. And even you know. with a full suit of armor, it was like they were wearing nothing at all. Look <laughs> <laughs> at this one joke. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep going with it. Simpsons reference. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Flanders did a lot of shit in that show, like, but we're referencing the one time. <laughs> the snowsuit thing that he was wearing. The time that he challenged all of her sexuality with his perfectly round buttocks. He definitely then, challenged Homer's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of this stuff king re refusing or at least floundering on on signing the declaration the flanders regiment the party the stomping on the tricolor things like that the king also fired jacques necker mm. who was the liberal-minded minister of finance and this was a big spit in the face i feel like he keeps of, shooting himself in the foot yeah, over and over over and over and over he never stops doing that he fired necker and and people were like he fired Nick Air, and like all of a sudden, shit started popping off. <laughs> He's like, you know what the problem is? The poor class are not subjugated enough. <laughs> <laughs> so if I subjugate and oppress them even worse, they won't have time to rebel. Yeah. Well, and they even thought about like, all right, capitulate to their demands for now. Then they'll forget about it, and we can do whatever we want later. Yeah. You know. Keep throwing these lavish parties. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's he kept trying to sort of do it. Yeah, he kept sort of trying to do that, right? But not actually making actual reform. Lip happens. service. Yeah, lip service. Have you considered killing all the poor? <laughs> Have you considered Oh, who are we going to tax then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that reminds me of that Mitchell and Webb sketch. Have oh, yeah. kill the poor. It's like, no, we wouldn't do that. It's like, well, then you haven't thought of everything. <laughs> I'm not saying kill the poor. I'm just saying you haven't thought of everything. <laughs> That's a beautiful yeah. sketch. Yeah. Anyway. It's up there with Are We the Baddies? Are We the Baddies? They've got skulls on them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so when all this stuff happened, you know, everyone's hearing about this. Uh, shit's just getting worse in Paris. Everyone is mad about all this stuff, especially a group of women. They were called the fish women. They're, they were working as... They are cutting fish all day with big old butcher knives. Oh, I got those meaty fucking... Oh, they were... Mitts. They were tough tough women, you know, mm -hmm. and they walked around with covered in blood with fucking butcher knives. <laughs> cool. And nice. they were, like, the most pissed off. We're and... gonna be bad guys in Silent Hill 5. <laughs> <laughs> they said that, and it made no sense. It made no sense. They just time. wait, like, 
a couple hundred, like three hundred years. <laughs> yeah, don't you mean four? Or four. This is yeah. 1700s. Yeah. So this is no. late 1700s. Yeah, they didn't know how many sequels there were going to be back then. <laughs> the thing is, is being the head of the National Guard was the worst job fucking possible. Because you had two things. Your National Guardsmen are people that stormed the, the Bastille. Yeah. These are radical thinkers, right? You had them in, in a way to sort of control Paris, you know, against the will of the king and the aristocracy. And sort of keep the peace there. But also, you're dealing with Lafayette, who still does want a king, so he still wants to protect the king. So, he's stuck in the middle here. And he's always sort of been in the middle. But he's really stuck now. Yeah. So, like, he orders he orders the National Guard, like, hey, can you, like, tell him to disperse or something? And the National Guard's like, no. Actually, we agree with them. And he's like, Ooh, Fucked. So he's kind of trapped himself between two ideologies by having this, like, the constitutional monarchy. There's a balancing act between those things. Well, he's a moderate. he's now trapped, stuck between the two ideas. he's moderate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And also, like, (laughs) if the king played by the rules that would let the monarchy survive inside of a constitutional monarchy, then... They would be okay, and the people would be okay with them. But then they couldn't throw but as many lavish parties. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so when when the National Guard decided to disobey his orders, and they were like, actually, uh, you know, the the these group of women, they're going to march on Versailles. They're going to walk the thirteen miles to Versailles to have a word with the king. And honestly, we're going with them. And Lafayette's like, all right, all right, all right, stay, stay here, I'll, I'll take you to Versailles, with, with the group. The National Guard and Lafayette followed the mob to Versailles, and it was actually pouring rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in October of 1789, pouring rain, and they walked the 13 miles to Versailles with their fucking torches and pitchforks and big ass butcher knives. <laughs> cold. They yeah. they brought them with. Well, and they were starving too. And um, there were no like fibers that would wick away the rain, so everything absorbed it. Mm. All that uh, burlap, cotton. Yeah. Uh, no polymers yet. Some skins. Yeah, maybe. just maybe some animal skins, just soaking it all. So and it's October, so it's either it's either it's cold and rainy. Hope, cold and rainy. Cold and rainy. Got the sniffles. <sighs> Ugh. You feel it, don't you? You know yeah. what I mean. You feel that cold rain. Ugh. You just want you want some you want some red wine and you want some cockabay. So for the first time since anyone could remember, the gates of Versailles were closed to the jeering mob. Mm. Uh, Marie Antoinette actually wanted to escape with the children. The guards were like, "Oh, dude, no! They they've blocked the stables. We're not going anywhere. They'll tear you to pieces. Yeah, they're mad." Uh, in fact, they're talking like, you know, for your death. They're talking for your head right mm. now. They're pissed. And they're starting, like, fires <laughs> around around Versailles. And this is pre... This is before what happened to the Russian royal family in Rasputin. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, okay. This oh, is like yeah, a yeah, century yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. But very uh, similar. Very similar. Uh, fighting against upper classes and, and out-of-touch aristocracy and dogshit leaders. Yeah. Is really what it is. So, yeah, there's some similarity there. Lafayette did not know what he was going to do. 
on his way to Versailles. He had no no idea. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to see when I get there. I I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do with the royal family, but I'm going to do something. You know, they'll be fine. <laughs> so there were, you know, the the crowd was pissed off to see the Swiss Guard was there and the Flanders Regiment was there. They're mad mad at that because they saw it as an insult that that you would do this. You wouldn't. Yeah. You don't trust us. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's like well, yeah. you know. <laughs> but so they're terrified inside inside of the Palace of Versailles, and then all of a sudden, you know, you hear the. Zoom, zoom. And it's mm-hmm. the National Guard coming in. They're like, and, oh, good. And the mob is like, woohoo, yeah, Lafayette, woohoo. Okay. And he comes in because because they think that, you know. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. They think that the, the National Guard is there to help them and bolster their ranks and maybe, <laughs> maybe fight the Flanders Regiment. And boy, were they wrong. Well, <sighs> Lafayette didn't want to just start shooting. You know what I mean? Like, he was a level-headed person. He was like, okay, I'm going to go inside Versailles, and I'm going to see what's up. You know? They let him in. Everyone at Versailles is really on edge about seeing Lafayette right now. Because here he is, the leader of the National Guard that's holding Paris, and he's showing up at the head of an army in a uniform. Like, they're they're thinking he's going to be like a Cromwell, like an English Cromwell. And like, take by military coup, the country. Yeah, that was right. not his intention. Uh, he was there, and he's like trying to smooth things over. And he's like, he knew that one false move, like somebody would shoot him. Yeah. Because right, like, right. think about it. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you're in there, and they're like, uh, "Are you a bad guy?" You know? <laughs> it's it's the end of uh, Reservoir Dogs. Stop pointing the gun at my dad. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only you know things did get smoothed out. So, like, Lafayette shows up when it's starting to turn night. And he he goes and he goes, show him a symbol of good faith. Pull back your troops inside the, the palace, away from the gates. Show that you don't want to do him any harm, and we'll all figure this out tomorrow. And he really calmed everything down inside the palace. Like, Marie Antoinette even went to bed with her children. You know what I mean? During the night, they broke in (laughs) and uh, killed several guards and started storming Versailles and like going through the palace and just like, you know, and they started raging in there and Marie Antoinette. Bull horns, face face painted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, it was party time. Mm -hmm. uh, Marie Antoinette like ran for it because she had basically a, a hidden passageway to her husband's room. And it's kind of like a Benny Hill sketch because she goes through this passageway to go find her husband in his room, and Louis goes around the more public route, you know, through the house, and like doesn't find, like they don't find each other. It's like Scooby Doo. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's an episode of the Monkeys or something, but they there there are some women you know that Lafayette brings up to the king, and he's like. You know, maybe you want to hear this from the women themselves. And these are just Paris, you know, peasant women. And and they're like, all right, you, you talk to him. And she's like, well, we're mad. And like the king, you know, she's standing in front of her king, you know. She passes out. <laughs> 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 they're uh, full of ennui. 
And red wine. Yeah. They, they they sort of talk a little bit about maybe we can still escape. No, that's still out. The crowd is now up to the building. And they're shooting out windows. And they're like, they've already fled. Fuck them. Let's yeah. burn this place to the fucking ground. And they're guns like... Guns just came out. Yeah. <laughs> they've, had, they've had some guns. Because yeah. g- they have stormed... Versailles, they've picked up, you know, the muskets yeah. and... But, I mean, they're pretty new. Well, and and the National Guard, they're not going to fire on the crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so Lafayette's inside with the royal family, and he's there with King Louis, and he goes, hey, you got to go out there and show them that you're still here. <laughs> and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? They're calling for my head out there. They're shooting out the windows. Jesus Christ. He's like, I'm serious. Go out there and fucking tell them. And you're like you know, slowly go, yeah. goes out onto the balcony. Oh, and, oh You're, no. a You're a leader. You're a leader. You're a leader. You're a leader. God chose me to yeah. rule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I rule by... That's something he liked to say all the time, too. I rule by divine right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shut up, you fat piece of shit. Yeah, tell that to the like, fucking angry yeah. mom. <laughs> <laughs> fucking oh, and they're mad. Yeah. And they got heads on sticks at this point. Like, they are mad. They are pissed off. Yeah. And, like, he can't be heard over the crowd. So he, like, shuffles back inside with his tail in between his legs. He didn't mm-hmm. try using his dad voice? <laughs> yeah. And, well, Lafayette used his dad voice. Ah. <laughs> he was like, hey, Marie Antoinette, come out with me. I'll go with you. I'll go out there with you. And if they see us together, that might placate them. You know, it might show that, you know, I'm on their side, you're on our side, you know, kind of thing. Hmm. So they go out there. Lafayette tries to speak to the crowd. Can't be heard over the crowd. So he kisses her hand. Oh. And it does sort of placate the crowd. And they say, long live Lafayette. Long live the monarchy. Long live the king. Show us your tits. <laughs> but then they say, we're taking the king to Paris. And the king's like, they, they want what? It's like, they want, you're going to Paris. And, and he's like, no, I'm not. Nah. He's like, yeah, you are. He's like, pass. I rule by divine right. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe when we send you to God, we can send you with a receipt. <laughs> yeah. When your God shows up, yeah. he'll tell everyone what the deal is. Do you think God would allow for this angry mob surrounding your fucking no. palace if yeah. he was on your side? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had no choice but to pack up all their shit. Uh, Marie Antoinette, like, packed up all of her, like, jewels and diamonds in a little box and clutched them with her children and, like got in the carriages and started back to Paris. And the thing was, is like, they're singing and they're burning shit and like all the way back to Paris, 13 miles back to Paris. And uh, they got heads on pikes and shit. They're like shooting the guns in the air. And sometimes like the bullets like whiz over the top of like the carriage and they're like, fuck. Stop doing that. They're like, just like 13 miles of Chumbawamba. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the one song. It takes a whiskey drink. It takes a whiskey drink. I take a whiskey drink. Take a whiskey drink. And every time I start to get into the song. I take a a White Claw drink. Yeah. And yeah, Louis was like, no, no guys. (laughs) I was planning on signing the declaration the whole time. (laughs) Guys. <laughs> he also should be Will Forte. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, right? we can do this together. We can do this together. So it, he agreed, like, okay, I'm sending the Flanders Regiment back to Flanders. We're going to go to Paris. You know, I'm bringing back Nicare. I'm bringing back Jacques Nicare. Isn't that great? And everyone's like, <laughs> good. Yeah. But it would be the last time that the royal family ever saw Versailles. Ever. It's 
because they because moved, they moved to Kentucky. They yeah. moved to the to the abandoned Tuileries Palace mm. in Paris, mm. and that's where they would live out the rest of their days. Huh. So the royal family was pretty much uh, prisoners inside of the Tuileries Palace, and one thing that they had to do is they had to show themselves again to the to the Parisian people and show solidarity again. And so, like, the king and queen came out, and so did Lafayette, and they did this whole, you know, yay, long live the king, and whatnot. And Lafayette was basically just being like, hey, we're all going to be a couple of Fonzies here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Real cool. We're going to be cool. cool, you know? With the jukebox and play what you want, you can hit it, Chumbawamba will come right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to hit it. <laughs> Real hard. Harder than Fonzie would have done. Fonzie was, uh... Not a violent man. He kept no. his anger under the surface where it yep. belongs. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and he died uh, in his early 40s of uh, uh, brain cancer. Unlike Henry Winkler, who will live to be 300 years old. Yeah. Oh, like Master Roshi. Yeah. yeah. Or Methuselah. Mm, yeah. I don't know if that is, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's the oldest character on Happy Days. Methuselah. <laughs> 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 keeps predicting is he, He's yeah. the guy that owned the diner, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Pat <laughs> <laughs> now, Lafayette would come to deeply regret these actions of showing solidarity between the people and the king. Because the people would come to think, oh, you're, you're a royalist. And the aristocracy would be like, you're just one of them. You know what I mean? So everyone now is starting to look at Lafayette and be like, you're not a savior. We hate you. You know what I mean? We all hate you, you know? You uh, better uh, switch sides real quick. <laughs> well, the more radical factions of uh, Paris believed that there couldn't be liberty with the monarch uh, as being, you know, like, <laughs> that seems obvious to us today. But to, to Lafayette, it was, it was like, no, you know, he's riding a middle ground and these guys are like, Take out the king. No more king. Yeah, we're gonna be a republic. To us, it sounds easy, but yeah. mm-hmm. back then, I mean, you got a you got England that still has a royal family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, they need to get rid of that. Yeah. So Jean Paul Marat, who was a radically left wing writer at the time, uh, his newspaper was the one that was always talking shit about Lafayette and, like, anyone that sided with royals at any point, he, he fucking took Lafayette to the cleaners in his newspapers. And actually, Lafayette was like, maybe the freedom of the press wasn't such a great idea. <laughs> because, like, it's before, like, there's all these, like, libel and slander laws mm-hmm. that, that were there. And... I mean, I think you also couldn't... this time in the United, in the United States, uh, it, that shit's also happening where, yeah. like, people are just... Publishing just whatever they want again. Fucking <laughs> Alexander Hamilton being like, "Go fuck yourself, Burr." Typing that up, yeah. <clears throat> sending that. Send it to world. the printer. Yeah, <laughs> and it's here that you get a bunch of uh, political cartoons mm-hmm. depicting Lafayette on a horse that is a dick and balls. Nice. And uh, you know, uh, are you gonna post these? I could <laughs> probably. I might post them on Discord because it's hard to post these. Publicly, because they are pornographic. They're posted you know. publicly back then. Yeah, Dude, right. they okay. did. They so, did. for all of our listeners that uh, 
really want to get in on the hotter part of history, you got to get on our Discord so you can see these cartoons are like... You're going to get so and we, fucking turned we, You'll see our own, own cartoons that we you, make. You want to see Lafayette riding a horse that's also a dick, like no. straight up to Marie Antoinette's house, and like, I don't know, she's there. They're, you, and you they're see tentacles. Her. Yeah, you see you see everything. There's there's they, they were particularly mean to Marie Antoinette. They called her the Austrian whore. Aww. Um, and there was, you know, there was pictures of Contreux, you know, fondling Marie Antoinette. There was pictures of, of Lafayette fondling Marie Antoinette. You know, pretty much anyone. That seems very rude to me. There was pictures. I know I, I, know I made jokes earlier, but I, I, I wasn't trying to criticize her. I feel like uh, she's getting an undue amount 100%. of vitriol just for being a woman. It's yeah. crazy That's really what's happening. how that works, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why I say, like, I no, I, 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 I do defend uh, well, that's what Marie was Antoinette. Like, when, like, when you were like, oh, she was sleeping around, I was like, good for her is really what I was thinking. Oh, oh, no, I she wasn't. I, don't, I honestly don't, like, she She may have had an affair to have an heir, but I think all that was kept under wraps. I think all of this is mere rumor. And and just to discredit the royal family, to to yeah. uh, well, that's the other thing is that's that. like whether or not she slept around is irrelevant. They well, were doing that just just to just to discredit. Well, it's also the how you attack women is making them yeah. sexually exact, exactly exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. That's that's yeah. yeah it's it's it's, uh, it's literally the oldest trick in the book. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. like they're like. Lafayette rides a dick that's also a horse. Marie Antoinette fucks everybody and she loves it because she's a whore. Like, that's yeah. like... That's that's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. like, it's... The, the way that they attack people are, yeah. like... That's, go, that's their words, by yeah. the way. Well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Please I, don't quote me on that. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> but, that's their words. Yeah, like, I'm uh, saying, like, like that's the disparity in, in how you criticize yeah. a, right, right. a man versus a woman who's literally royalty. Yeah. Yeah. It's some two yeah. cents... Two cent fucking yeah, it's, it's a it's two cheap. cent joke. It's yeah. cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. It's cheap. Yeah. We we would never make such a joke. <laughs> <laughs> We've made dozens of those. It's jokes. like our main thing. Yeah, <laughs> we don't we punch. We don't punch down like that. Though. At least I try not to. But we. I don't think we do. I don't think we punch we, down. How can you punch down to the Queen of France? <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, I know what you mean. Uh, Attacking her for being the a peasants yes, of the yes. era. Also, there was probably some people that were promiscuous in there, too, and also some men that also rode penises. Now we punch down. Yeah. It was sort of at this point where Lafayette began his descent from France's good graces. Into madness. France started its descent into madness. It, It started Lafayette's sort of descent out of France's good graces, is what happened. Well, good thing he's an American citizen. Uh, he's not an American citizen. He is an honorary citizen of Virginia, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. Never mm-hmm. mind. He was actually made an American citizen much later. I think actually in 2002. If what? I was him? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> seriously. It was I much try. later. It's weird Don't... that he was still alive then. <laughs> he wasn't. If but... he's like, any chance I could become an honorary refugee of any of those yeah. places? <laughs> oh, yes. Trust me. We'll get to that. For now, the people generally regarded Lafayette still predominantly as a valiant savior and friend of the people who had their interests in mind. On the first anniversary of the storming of the Bastille, everyone, commoners, clergy, and nobles alike, they all worked together to make a huge party happen. Uh, This was called the Fête de la Fédération. 
it was on July 14th, uh, 1790, the one-year anniversary of the storming of the Bastille. Mm. And what they were going to do is they're going to have this big old party, and, and they were just sort of, they were going to solidify the new French ideals that the Bastille was all about, right? And Lafayette was right in the middle of it. And the whole thing took place in the Champ de Mars. Champ de Mars. Uh, it's where the, it's like the park where the Eiffel Tower now sits. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, cool. And, uh, it's a park dedicated to the god of war. They're going to have a party there. Yeah. And, the uh, Field of Mars. Yeah, the Field yeah. of Mars. They're having a party at the Field of Mars. Yeah. yeah. Badass. And uh, there was a there was like a, a, a big thing bomb, built there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> in the middle was like this altar to France, right? Lafayette gets up there with his National Guard troops and he pulls out his sword and they're all in full military regalia. The king and queen are there. The whole royal family's there. Everyone is there. People come from all over the provinces to the Fête de la Fédération. And he takes his sword out and he places it on the altar and he recites an oath that he will always fight for the law and what is right and just in France. It's part of town, boy. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, his soldiers also take the oath and the king takes the oath and oh. sort of says basically that he is a Piece constitutional shit. monarch. Uh. And so everyone's like, oh my God, we've, did, did we win? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> is this over? Did we just over? get a figurehead? Yeah. <laughs> is this <laughs> over? You know, like, is the revolution over? Did we figure it out? They didn't. But, yeah. you know, it, it, that was the attitude during this during this time and it was sort of the zenith of Lafayette's popularity and Lafayette's glory I guess mm -hmm. uh, within Every, France that summer everyone had Lafayette fever mm -hmm. big time they were wearing Lafayette masks everyone he had the number one hit single that year <laughs> number one with a bullet yeah that would be that would, be, I mean? that would actually come much later oh but, he, 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 he's swinging around that saber <laughs> cutting the tops off of champagne bottles and everyone's laughing and laughing <laughs> laughing with Laffy. That was the show. Yep. Yep. Laugh and, in. And honestly, some people thought that Lafayette might use this opportunity to take control of France. And Again, he's at the head of the military. Uh, more uh, tops of the more national champagne guard. bottles. Yeah. He Anything. should be king of France, this guy. But he didn't. He didn't Ooh. do it. Because, again, Lafayette was a man of his principles. If nothing else, that's what he was. So the next few years were hard for Lafayette to walk that line between liberty, you know, like the li liberty-loving friend of the people, and the humble servant of his lord and master, King Louis the Sixteenth. You just can't be both. It is can't my be honor all things to all people. It is my honor to be your obedient servant. <laughs> that's, and also your that's greatest Hamilton rival. again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> but that's sort of the attitude. You know what I mean? That that, that he certainly had. He was like Mac from It's Always Sunny, who's playing both sides, yep. yeah. so that he always comes out on top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you play both sides, you always come out on top. <laughs> I feel like we make a lot of references to that show, but we don't call attention to it. No, we don't. Nope. But it's it's like Simpsons, King of the Hill, Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> In that order. Yeah. There's Seinfeld. 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 Seinfeld might be... It might be Simpsons, Seinfeld, King of the Hill. If you want yeah, everyone Seinfeld. to drop out of the chat, just start making Seinfeld references. <laughs> <laughs> Now, a rumor circulated that a group of armed nobles were going to help the royal family escape Paris and maybe go off somewhere else. Yeah, just fuck off. And, like, that, and that pissed the people of Paris off. To they hear about should this. go to England. 
Well, anywhere else but France, pretty much. And that really pissed them off because they're like, no, they're in Paris for a reason. So we can keep an eye on them. You know what I mean? Did Marie Antoinette happen to be like, I heard Austria is really nice this time of year and I got pretty a lot much. of friends from college I miss. <laughs> Have you ever been pretty to much. Vienna? Yeah, Come pretty on. much. Well, I that, got family there. Well, that in this time, uh, Austria controlled the Netherlands. They're called the Austrian Netherlands. So, at in the north, mm. there was a there was an escape route. Mm. You know, the Dutch again. Yeah, they hang out with the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, and Lafayette was actually going to let the royal family leave to go to Italy for mass, but the National Guard again disobeyed his order and was like, "No, nah, they're not going to leave. They're <laughs> staying right here." Yeah. And so yeah. there, there there was. There was another rumor that these nobles were going to go into the Tuileries Palace and take the royal family out and take them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And there to were... Dinner, right? Yeah, to dinner. Uh, there were nobles, armed nobles, that were going inside, but they were going in to, quote-unquote, protect the royal family. And there was a mob outside, and Lafayette stuck in the middle. And basically, he went inside, and there's all these nobles that are like, trying to fuck me up? I'll fuck you up. And they had like a standoff. Oh, they wish a motherfucker would. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, they were talked down, you know, and, and it was sort of, it was smoothed over. It was called the day of daggers. Oh, dagger day. Yeah. It was a dagger Tuesday. It was a dagger day in that place. Yeah. It's like a banner day, but with more daggers. Yeah. Uh, Lafayette was really good. Like, you know, we saw it at the battle of Brandywine. We, we, we saw it at, at his retreat, you know, all these things where he just kept his cool. He's a Fonzie. He's a Fonzie. And he always kept his cool during these moments of just insanity, uh, where anything could go wrong. Arthur Fonzarelli was actually based off of Lafayette. <laughs> yeah. It's actually Arthur Lafayette Fonzarelli is his full name. Right. Mm-hmm. Fonzarellion. <laughs> the Marquis de Fonzarellion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Oh my God. If you watch that show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a guy who was holding a lute and not playing one, he'd punch oh. him in the face and he'd start playing it and he'd be like, that's better. He, he <laughs> goes up to the he goes up to the jukebox and hits it and goes, <laughs> <laughs> He lives. Is it going? Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he lives in the storage Sacre space Bleu. above uh, King Louis' garage. Yeah, right. <laughs> By the way, soccer blue doesn't mean anything. It means it's a, a sacred. Nons- it's a nonsense blue. word. Now there was uh, another thing that happened. This was away from Paris uh, dur- uh, in one of the military regiments. There were these mutineers, and basically, what happened is that they demanded to see the regimental books. And they were like, we're going to audit them. Oh, no. And the, the commanders were like, no, you're not. And they're like, well, then we're going to mutiny. And they mutinied and took over their, their fort. And an army had to come in and dislodge them. It killed about 500 people. Jeez. It was a bloodbath. And the organizers of the mutiny were hung or mm-hmm. thrown in jail or, you know, all these things. It, it didn't really look good. Yeah. In... Considering what was going on in, in Paris, the it good did news, not look good. Well, right. in, in the audit, there was a list of uh, the poorest fighters, the poorest soldiers that they had, mm. and they were like, exactly 500. Cool, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Their books were tight. 
Uh, they weren't even cooked. They were raw. Yeah. <laughs> raw books. It was books Carpaccio. <laughs> so nothing, nothing was really looking good in France at this time, uh, as it was slowly descending into the eventual madness of the terror. Now, of course, the king and queen kind of saw this coming. They're like, like day by day, they're just like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like they they hate us. And seems like at a, at a drop of a hat, they're calling for our heads. Like, who knows when that's going to actually be real. So they decided that they had to make a break for it, mm-hmm. for the Austrian Netherlands, to catch up with some of Marie Antoinette's friends, uh, like I was saying earlier. From college. Well, because yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the rest of the monarchies of Europe were looking at France and like, not intervening. First off, France had been like the biggest bully on the block the whole time. Remember <laughs> in the Terrar episode when yeah. I was telling you about this? We're going to see this happen yeah. in, in this in this episode. So they were like, well, first off, I, we can't have that shit spreading to us. We can't have this revolutionary idea spreading to us. We don't want what you guys have. Yeah. But if Louis and Marie Antoinette are successful in making it to us, then we will help them recapture their throne. Mm. Right? All right. So... Rich people be scheming. Yeah. Mm. So... It's like uh, Crusader Kings. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So disguised in the middle of the night, in the dead of night, the royal family got into a carriage. King Louis, who was dressed up like the... uh, Like a woman. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was Lafayette. I almost said Terry Crews. Terry Jones. (laughs) He was dressed up like Terry Crews. Eating Uh, yogurt. He, he was dressed up as, as just, like, a driver of the carriage. Uh, he almost ran into Lafayette on the way out of the Tuileries. Because, like, Lafayette would, like, make his rounds. That sounds like a sitcomish fucking... Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Lafayette would, like, make his rounds, you know. Because even the general... Like, I thought you meant he ran into him with the carriage because he, he's no. like, I'm he dressed racing. as a carriage driver, but I don't know how to drive this thing. No. <laughs> on his way out, on his way out, he almost ran into him. But they, they had a real carriage driver. He was just made to look like one. Louis was like, oh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he dressed as a woman. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is funny. Well, Lafayette was also dressed as a woman for a different <laughs> scheme that he was doing. He, it's it's he actually, totally unrelated. He scheme. actually planned two dates with two different women on the same night. <laughs> and it was a Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. situation. He just yeah. wants to be with his kids. Yeah. <laughs> now, there, there was a whole plan, right, to, to get to the border and everything. But their carriage broke down. And so they were delayed by a long, a lot of time. So, like, the people on the Austrian side of the border were like, guess they're not coming. And, like... Went home. They, Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and so, they're, they they get all the way to Varenne, right? This is why it's called the flight to Varenne. It should say, uh, like how Mike Duncan said, uh, the flight as far as Varenne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because uh, what happened was is they stopped there. There was a astute observer... And it said that he recognized the king from his vestige on a coin because of his nose. Mm. It's like his nose. Real schnoz. Yeah, yeah. He was like flipping the coin. Yeah, I like for the viewers at home. I'm, History I'm pretending to look at the coin and then look at the face and look at the coin, <laughs> which is super weird. That's mm-hmm. like happening to have like TMZ he's open like, on your phone. He's like holding it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I just I. So this guy, we don't know his name. 
We we do. I'm not okay. going to trouble you. I just thought you. it was funny okay. that we remember unless one we man do the, from history. Unless we, unless we actually do the, the French Revolution, I'm not going to really okay. trouble you. I was just saying that details. we have one man in history who is remembered as being an astute observer. Yeah. He, I think he was a... That's his main he was thing. Postmaster. I I can't Ooh. exactly remember, but he was out he, there uh, flipping a coin. He uh, and then mid flip it was like what he did. With the king's face, it like lines up perfectly with the king's face, and he's like, <laughs> he's like the Romany curse <laughs> was correct. That's him firing a gun yeah, at the yeah. king. Yeah. <laughs> with, I, I can't remember if it was him or a different guy that he was with uh, at the stop, you know, when, when they stopped there. Somebody dropped to their knee in front of the king. Because mm-hmm. it's king. It's, it's the king. God's going to be pissed and, if you uh, don't. It's good to be the king. Because, <laughs> because the king, king is, is so proud, instead of going like, I'm not the king, what are you talking about? And just deny, deny, deny. He went, ha ha, I'm your king. <laughs> Couldn't go one second. They straight up were like, he's right here. And they're like, oh, Fuck. really? And they grabbed him and took him back to Paris. Now, before they found out all of this, in Paris, like everyone's like, he fucking fled. Are you kidding me? And there's people like Lafayette and some of these people that are like, he was kidnapped. And they're like, well, that's false. That's fucking false. And you know it, buddy. You're a fucking And he's, well, and Lafayette's liar. like, what if the fucking Parisian people find out the truth that their own king ran away because it got too scary. Uh, it, would descend, it would descend into anarchy is what it would do. Anarchy. So what, what happened is everyone blamed Lafayette because Lafayette was in charge of keeping them under wraps. He was responsible for the royal family and here they are running away. You know, so this didn't, this didn't help Lafayette at all. Oh. <laughs> the king's like Lafayette, okay. I know it looks bad but I need you to cook up one of your signature Lafayette schemes. <laughs> and so we ran in the night. What is the night? Scary. <laughs> so what I need you to do is tell everyone that we were scared of the dark, and so we wanted to go <laughs> further east towards north. Austria, north. where the s- northeast... It's kind of northeast-ish. Sort of. Well, no, uh, slight- Netherlands. Austria, and Austria is yeah. east. Austria is, but Austria, Austria, Netherlands. So north, b- because in our minds, north is closer to where the sun. Ri- it will get brighter faster there because mm-hmm. it's farther up. If it's, it's summer, it's yeah. more up, and then the sun comes <laughs> it's closer up. to the sun. Where are you going up. with this? Story? And then it's not scary anymore. You guys were just scared of the dark. You guys were scared. We're, the royal family's scared of the dark. Everyone is. It makes us relatable, and people love things they can relate to. Also, take this illustration of me and Marie Antoinette eating hot dogs. Means nothing. It. It's not Freudian. Yeah, it's not Freudian. <laughs> this isn't the and. It doesn't matter that my hot dog has a weird casing on the outside that makes it hard for me to have more children. <laughs> oh, it makes it bow in the inside of my own skin. Yeah. Sometimes oh, I just let Tyler God. talk to see where it goes, yeah. and it often absolutely pays off. <laughs> 
Oh, anyway, he's oh trying to make God. himself more relatable, and he needs he needs he needs Lafayette to essentially be he's a scared scary of the dark. Guy. I got you. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, Netherlands is less no, dark. Apparently. No one no one was buying that the royal family was kidnapped. Yeah, no they one didn't buy this that. for. Yeah, they didn't buy Netherlands. Uh, gets sunlight earlier. No, no, they weren't buying any of that. Dark they're like, shit. they're like, it's north, not east. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I don't it's know. Little, I don't know my way around. It's a little <laughs> northeast. <laughs> Lafayette. Tried in vain to convince everyone that, you know, they'd, they'd been captured. He urged everybody for the rule of law. You know, hey, hey, we, we gotta we gotta talk about the law here. We gotta talk about all this stuff. No one was fucking buying that shit anymore. No one, no one wanted to hear that anymore. They were like, we don't need a king anymore. We need a republic. That's what their, their, their new you thing was. You are really helping us uh, realize that's the case. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, Lafayette was now seen as a jailer of the royal family to the nobles and and the royal family and a royalist to everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. like this, this really solidified that. Yeah. Now, on July 17th, 1791, there was a demonstration that was organized at the Champ de Mars by the radicals to either abolish the monarchy or let the monarchy die in referendum to a vote. Right now, Lafayette, being the head of the National Guard, was set to keep the peace, and the crowd was getting pretty rowdy. And he issued warnings. He sort of made them disperse at first, and then they kind of they came back, and they came back even meaner. And they were throwing rocks Guys. and insults. They were booing Lafayette for like the first time ever. And Lafayette's like, "Draw your guns!" And like, they formed up and drew their guns throwing rocks at him, you know, stuff like that. So he goes, all right, over their heads. And they fire a volley over mm. the crowd's heads. And then the dudes on the other side of the camp just fall down. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and the crowd kind of continues to jeer. Even they laugh at him. And they continue to, to jeer and throw rocks and stuff. Now, what comes next is still argued about to this day. There's some apologists out there that will say no order was given. There's some people out there, if you go to France, they will say that Lafayette ordered his troops to fire on the crowd. Mm. The point is, is that his troops fired on the crowd. Bad move. Fired. Live rounds onto this crowd of innocent people. Talk about a big whoopsie there. Yeah. and uh, Whoopsie daisy. Now they're pushing daisies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it killed 50 and wounded dozens. You know, dozens upon dozens. What it seems like to me is like... Adjusted for inflation, that's thousands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. Hey, it's a bunch of lives were worth more. It's a shit ton of people. It's a shit ton of people. <laughs> lives are worth less now. People were hard at least back. At least 50 people died, yeah. okay? At least 50 people died. What I'm saying is like, if I think about the reality of it, let's say some of the people, Lafayette's men, felt threatened yes they start firing and then everybody starts firing that could have happened or he could have given the order i'm saying yeah. both the reality of both of those like i feel like he could have been like they're not fucking listening mm-hmm. you we gave him a chance you fired above mm-hmm. didn't stop fire at them or somebody in one of his men started firing yeah well either case they're his men yep and he's responsible he's responsible yeah, that's my point. I guess it's, 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 it's like it's we, kinda, you can't say for sure because we don't know. It's kind of like when uh, 
It's like the shot hurt around the world. Nobody really knows. I've it's seen like, enough movies, yeah. Well, I, I know how it goes. It's kind of like when uh, uh, that Seattle police officer pepper sprayed a little girl, and then it went to shit, and then all of a sudden the cops just started shooting tear gas at people, and because they started shooting tear gas, they started burning cars. The cops That's started. what we're talking about. It's the called cops. escalation. escalation. <laughs> the, the cops started that shit. Yeah. Lafayette's National Guard It's the same this. thing in... Lafayette Square in Washington C DC at DC back in the summer. Yeah. Trump's fucking cronies fired at yeah. the crowd. Yeah. Ordered by what... Trump though. Well, yeah. and the cop in Seattle was like He's an underling. Well, he initially he was like the, that dude, girl had a gun. the dude from Willow was yelling at me and I appreciate all the hard work he's done. Oh my god. But I gotta I got, I got, like I gotta I, I, I gotta maintain order. And then someone was like, dude, that was a kid, and he was like Fuck! I knew I picked a bad day to like forget my glasses, and yeah. then things He's just like, escalate. I'm Mr. Magoo. <laughs> I'm, I'm Mr. Mr. Magoo, and that is not Warwick Davis. <laughs> Mr. Magoo pepper sprayed that little girl, thinking it was Warwick yeah. Davis. And he's like, "We've all been there." Yeah. He's like, We've "So thank God, there. when the fucking coronavirus <clears throat> pandemic goes away, I can go to Comic Con, get Warwick Davis's fucking autograph, guilt free." Because I didn't pepper spray him. Oh, I just pepper sprayed a child. And then I can explain, finally. He's like, hey, Warwick Davis. Davis. I was not going to pepper spray you. Funny story, Wicket. So, I, I fucking I thought I pepper sprayed you in the face last Why, summer. Why'd you call him Wicket? Because, because he was, uh, he was Wicket the Ewok. Ewok. Oh, oh the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also Willow. I know, you're probably like, you mean Willow? Yeah. But he was Wicket. Yeah. And Willow. Uh, yeah, a few goblins. Yeah, uh, he was a uh, he, he was the leprechaun in the leprechaun series. Yeah, yeah you're goddamn right he was. <laughs> oh yeah, he was. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston was in the first leprechaun yep. movie. He was also some other uh, banker style characters in the Harry Potter series. Way to go, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> mm-hmm. He played like four characters in Harry Potter. Yeah, he was that one True. teacher. They're like, we need he's... someone under four five. <laughs> like, yeah. Go you. Uh, or Davis, cut dope. that out. So, uh, this was known as the Chandamar Massacre, mm. uh, for good reason. It was, a massacre. it was a massacre. It was a massacre. Chandamar. <laughs> On the Chandamar. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I put the pieces together. Uh, That's why you. it was called that. <laughs> thank you. Uh, What's it in name? It was the Battle of Chandamar. <laughs> so if you go to... <laughs> if you, if you go to Paris... That's and, a deep cut. Yeah. 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 If, if you go to Paris and, uh... You take a tour, they'll say, here's a Chandemar where Lafayette opened fire, gave the order to open fire on innocent people. That's what they will say. I still think I, his I, man I fired. Say, I, I'm saying it doesn't matter if he gave the order or not. His men that he's That's responsible for open fire. Agreed. So, doesn't That's fucking what matter. happened. Yeah. Uh, Should have trained him better if he didn't <laughs> want firing. Yeah. So Lafayette was ripped apart in the press by the radical Ma- Maximilien Robespierre, Jean-Paul Marat, and Georges Danton. Mm-hmm. All the guys that he liked! Uh, he wasn't really friends with those dudes. No. Those dudes are way radical. They never liked Lafayette, honestly. They're really like, he's not radical enough. Yeah. We're out here doing kickflips on our fucking skateboards. Yeah. They were like members of the Jacobin Club. The Jacobin Club were like the radicals. So when the assembly, quote-unquote, finalized the Constitution in September of 1791, I say, quote-unquote, finalized because, again, it was ignored, then taken up, and then all this shit happened. Anyway, in September of uh, 1791, 
Lafayette actually resigned his post in the French National Guard because he saw that they're, they're okay, there is a constitution. Great. I'm out. And everyone's like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how it was. They were glad to see him go. Which sucks, because that's quite a fall from grace. I from liked Lafayette more before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was, you know, complicated guy. You know, I but mean, he they all stuck are. to his guns. Yeah, he was human. Apparently he, human. he did stick to his guns, and that's what got him. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, because they um, fired on a crowd. Yeah. He, uh, he returned to the Auvergne, where he was born. And just sort of kind of kept his head down for a while. But he didn't stay there for long. Because on April 20th, 1792, France declared war on Austria. Fuck. While all this stuff is popping off. Smart move, idiot. Yeah. Talking about France. Yeah. How did Marie Antoinette feel about that? Didn't matter. Because because France wasn't controlled by the king or or Marie Antoinette by this time. Oh, I get you. Sorry, it, it was controlled by the you know the National Assembly that went by oh, yeah. a different name by this point. We'll they cut, were cut rich back. spectators watching something that was tangentially connected to their past. Yeah, the uh, French government decided, French acting government, I should say, uh, decided to do it because, I mean, frankly, Austria and Prussia were getting. A little hostile towards France, and they wanted to. I don't fuck know. Yeah, <sighs> strike like, before. Hey, yeah, strike before. Yeah. Fuck you, fucker. Yeah, they could really mobilize. But but the thing was, is like Prussia and Austria were in no hurry to like invade. They were like, these guys, they don't have a fucking They're government. Like, I'm Prussia. I'm gonna be around forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, Frederick the Great was in <laughs> charge of Prussia at this time, and uh, he was like, oh crush you, you know? and he would have if he would have got on if he would have been more on top of it he took a sweet ass time everyone did because france didn't have a operating government in their eyes well and mm-hmm. things were just more laid back back then you know everyone just you know that's <laughs> exactly the opposite it's the opposite buddy <laughs> <laughs> totally opposite in fact i'm gonna say this again we pretty much say this every episode but no tv yeah. tv has yeah. made us laid back yeah. Without TV, we were fucking in it to win it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a human mm-hmm. race, I mean. Like, in it to win it and with every it little thing. And winning it is subjugating everyone else around you when and I standing say, on a yeah. pile so, of corpses yeah, when I say in it, Yeah, when I say in it to win it, I mean death. So what you're saying <laughs> is that we truly owe the the state of world peace that we're all enjoying right to now television. to Mary Tyler Moore and <laughs> yes, Dick Van Dyke. Yes, yeah. exactly. Thank you. Yeah. The Hollywood uh, everything elites. else. Everything else has been uh, rich man's wars like Vietnam and... and the Marvel Cinematic Universe idio- is the reason we live in a futuristic utopia. <laughs> I have said it before and I will say it again. We, we, have, we have very complicated diplomatic relationships across the globe and we have since World War II and that's the reason that's that's what's got gotten us into yeah. other wars not we haven't done anything like World War II in a very long time where like World War II was like supposedly our our you know the war you couldn't avoid right the fighting war to the end forces all of evil wars. well that was World War 1 but well, yeah. the, and it the did. World War II was like the fight against evil right yeah. and uh, yeah, it was, but yeah, I mean, but everyone's evil. That's but 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 after the war, it becomes anyway. Anyway, we had TV. They have concentration camps now. We have concentration. We don't camps. fight. It's all the same. We don't. We don't fight wars against evil anymore. Is is my point? Because we're all evil. 
Yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, I'm yeah, so pretty much. Evil. Pretty much. Hail Satan. We have a we have a hypnotized inno- like inoculated from horror populace. Mm-hmm. Well, and TV has done this to us and the internet has reinforced it. And if anything, I feel like because of the evil that people do, Satan's like hail people. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as Satan or God. I'm There's just, no such thing as God. No such thing as Satan either. There's, I'm kidding. Of course <laughs> There's no Satan. such thing as Satan, just God when he's drunk. But also, he has Satan. <laughs> Tom Waits reference. That's a Tom Thank Waits you. Reference. Okay, okay, back to the story. So when France declared war on Austria, Lafayette saw an opportunity to maybe salvage some of his reputation. And he accepted the post of leading the French troops in the center. His army is in the center, attacking the Austrian Netherlands. And when he got to his post, he noticed that uh, his men were ill-equipped, undertrained, altogether ill-prepared for a war. Some of the first battles, they would just run away. That's uh, not how you win. Yeah. And Unless, like, sometimes it is, actually. Yeah. Well, I take that back. There's re- there, there, there are tactical retreats, absolutely. Yeah, as we talked about in the previous yeah, episode. Yeah, uh, right. George Washington, master of the tactical retreat. No, no, this was a rabble, and there was no way of fixing it. There was no money there was no not you know there's no way France could have supported this war. This was the war of the first coalition, the one that Terrar became a messenger during. Right. Lafayette and Rochambeau was also one of the generals uh, looking after his troops fighting against the Austrians. And both of them were like, this is so fucked. We're going to get our asses kicked out here. So do, do we get to cue the uh, 80s montage scene? No, 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 because that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Uh, What did happen is, uh, while this is going on, shit is still popping off in France, Lafayette and Rochambeau and a few other high-ranking officers are like, you guys, we have got to uh, sue for peace here. Because if we don't, it's going to be costly in both lives and money. We are just not equipped to go to war right now. And uh, Lafayette, uh, they all wrote a letter and all signed it and sent it back. And they were like, and whatever. So Lafayette actually came back to Paris. This is a fucking mess. It is a mess. Lafayette came back, left his post, came back to Paris. And he was like, guys, we can't do this. Seriously, we, we cannot do this. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? You abandon your post. Get back there. You're a fucking traitor. You're an aristocratic traitor, and what you were doing is you were sabotaging the French army because you want the monarchy back. And he was like, "All right, all right." And he I left. just can't win. Yeah, and, and then he, he walked into the ocean. And then, <laughs> well, the thing is, is there was precedence for this. There was a battle of Marquin Mar- Mar- where uh, the French army uh, in this specific division they they were badly beaten and their irish born uh, commander his last name was dylan dylan they drug him back to the town of Lille after they were defeated and they ripped him to pieces because they called him an aristocratic traitor dylan getting the chop and and there were mm-hmm. a lot of conspiracy theories going around that anyone that was aristocratic in the military was just conspiring against the French army to get the king back. Like what the Austrians and the Prussians wanted. Right. So Lafayette and Rochambeau, a few other people knew this and they were like, I didn't, I didn't want it to go this far. 
and I never wanted to do this, but I'm going to have to do the unthinkable. I never meant for there to be all this madness. Exactly. So he deserted. And they, hoping that he would get a ship back to the United States, Lafayette went across the border into Austria, the Austrian Netherlands. And he was immediately arrested. And the thing was, is that like Robespierre and Danton, everyone was like, you're an enemy of the people, you're a friend of monarchy. But as soon as he crossed the border into Austria, they were like, you are an enemy of monarchy. And you bring revolution wherever you go. You are a man of revolution, aren't you? You're a man of, 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 of enlightenment thought, aren't you? He's like, I'm just a man who wants to go to the Austrian Netherlands where the sun is always shining. <laughs> Two so they, hours earlier yeah. than in Paris, France. So they, they threw him in jail. They threw him in jail. Actually, by this point, he wasn't referred to as Marquis de Lafayette. He was referred to as Gilbert Mottier because the French Assembly decided that they were going to do away with all aristocratic titles. Okay. So, like, there was all these people that all of a sudden were going by their other name, you know? So Gilbert Mottier is what they would have called him during this specific time period. He was tossed into prison to await Whatever he didn't know, he was moved around a lot too by the Prussians, and they probably beat the else. shit out of him. Oh God, he was in solitary confinement the entire time. Uh. It was like a dark cell, and he languished there. Or as they called it back in those days, normal stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> a normal cell, uh, and he would hear only sometimes uh, rumors of the madness that was happening in France, of, of the reign of terror, and nearly daily beheadings with the guillotine. Shit's fucked. Yeah, and... Good thing you're in jail. I mean, think... Uh, but, I mean, think about that from his point of view. Like, here's a guy that, that went to America to fight for liberty and all this... all these high-minded ideals, and he wanted nothing but, but to fight for the same thing, just in a French uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now here he is in jail, where he is deserted... His army. Shit, shit has gotten that bad. They're chopping off heads mm-hmm. daily in France. And he's just, he's just, oh my God, I can't fuck, you know, like the, what he must have felt must have been crazy. His family's still out there. Yeah. And his family's still royal or, well, aristocratic. Yeah. Right. You know, Adrienne, you know, her family is uh, well to do, the Noai. The males of the Noai family left, they fled the country. George Washington Lafayette uh, was smuggled to the United States, uh, where he was, you know, held there by sympathetic people. I, was, mm. I thought you were going to say routinely smoked, like most things smuggled in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Mm. He was smuggled and snorted. Yeah. And everyone got high They as snorted shit. him. Yeah. They got high as shit and rock hard. Yeah. Now, uh... As is tradition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point in time, the United States didn't have any... Uh, diplomatic relations with Austria or Prussia. So they, they didn't hold any weight with the Austrians or the Prussians. The best they could do is send him money to help him sort of survive in, in prison. Lafayette's saving grace was his wife, Adrienne, because she stayed with their two children. So did her mother and sister, I believe. What happened was, is that during the Reign of Terror, they were just killing aristocrats. Because they were aristocrats. 
her mother and sister were killed on the same day with the with the guillotine. And Adrienne was in prison. Her name was on the list. She was gonna get her head chopped off. Except James Monroe and James Madison and Dolly Madison uh, intervened. And they said, you know, we love Marquis de Lafayette. And if you fucking cut his wife's head off, we're gonna be pissed. Were they in... They weren't in France at the time, were they? No. But they sent... <laughs> they sent letters. They, they sent messages and whatnot. And uh, France... Even though shit was crazy, they still needed those sweet trade deals that Lafayette fucking engineered, you know, to help them make money. So they didn't want that to go away. So they decided to take Adrian off the list, off mm-hmm. the death list. And off the chopping block. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Quite literally. She, they, they released her from prison. That was because of James and Elizabeth Monroe and James and Dolly Madison. They really sunk that nail home. They saved her life and her daughter's lives, probably. What happened was, is uh, the French revolutionary government seized all of Lafayette's property, including in French New Guinea and the slaves. And Adrienne was like, you know, we were supposed to free those guys. Can you just, can you at least do that? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we got free slaves. That's like a double slave. (laughs) Well, they were like, we'll just sell it. We need the money more than anything. Yeah. Eventually, they were like, all right, we'll free him. But that wouldn't last very long. And little would they know that letting Adrienne Lafayette go was the biggest mistake they'd ever make because she would manufacture revenge on the highest levels. <laughs> I'm sure she wanted to. And get she s- was, she's going to get so rich. She, she, is <laughs> <laughs> she is absolutely a hero of this story. If it wasn't for Adrienne Lafayette, Nothing from this point on would have happened. Like, Lafayette would have died in that cell, mm-hmm. honestly. She was penniless, and she didn't have any of her family's money or anything like that. She actually crossed the border into Austria and demanded to be in the same cell with her children, except for George Washington, uh, with with her children, and she demanded that if her husband was going to be in this prison cell, so were they. And they agreed. Young George Washington Lafayette was having his teeth removed that day and being replaced with wooden teeth <laughs> to be much like uh, his namesake. Yeah. Painful. Yeah, it's no way to be a child. Yeah. It's going to be carrying that memory. You cut down so life. many cherry trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you do like the thing. You do like the thing we heard about. Stop crying about all your teeth getting pulled out. He's like, uh, you, know, you know, guys, uh, I'm going to go cut down a, a yeah. bunch of cherry trees. No. They would do that up. every day. Your teeth are going to grow back. We just knocked out your baby teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucked up. That, that's a child that they're just punching his teeth. <laughs> Be they're just like your baby the guy te- from Be America. like a man. Be like a man. We're knocking out your teeth. Stop crying. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Men don't so, have baby teeth. So, so for two years. True. So for two years, Lafayette and Adrienne and their two daughters were in... A Prussian prison, which Prussian, is insane. Prussian mm-hmm. prison, because yeah, they were moved around a lot. I I, I call that an all-inclusive resort. <laughs> oh, yeah. These days, it's like a sitcom. Prussian prison in the 1700s sounds. Uh, it's like a Mar-a-Lago situation, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, you know, I mean, Robespierre and everyone, you know, the more radicals in Paris, they're they're burning Lafayette in effigy. You know, like they hate him down there 
And, you know, he's languishing in prison and hearing about all this stuff. And it hurts him. It hurts him to hear about this stuff, about his beloved France yeah. mm-hmm. going down this route. Well, he's know. the third bowl of porridge, and in this case, being just right is not right. It's not just right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Too hot is winning. Yeah, too hot's winning hard. <laughs> With the very bloody reign of terror over, it drew to a close, and the way that happened, there was this insanely successful military commander that was very successful in the war of the first coalition. And honestly, this really surprised the Austrians and the Prussians because, I mean, if you really think about it, this government by the rabble without a real solid foundation, uh, governmentally speaking, should have been a pushover. And somehow they were winning. This commander that was winning uh, was a guy, maybe you've heard of him, his name was Napoleon Bonaparte. Mm. Ah. Oh, uh... No, I'm thinking of dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Not from uh, Idaho. <laughs> you're, you're referring to the uh, the character in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The sort fictional of. character. The fictional. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the fictional uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. I like the part where he, like, gets in the time machine, and he's like, oh, I forgot the crystals. Honestly, my my favorite <laughs> my favorite thing that Napoleon, the character in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, does is he has like a whole plan uh, with like like I think they're playing Risk or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he, he takes he has like a riding crop or something, and he takes it and he smashes it against the board. <laughs> I've seen that movie many times, and I don't remember all the details. There's a there's a is is there a water park at some yeah, point? There's yeah, there's a water it's park. It's called of- Waterloo. Yeah, it's called uh, Waterloo, right. okay. and he loves it. Yeah, he, he goes, <laughs> for yeah. some reason. He goes, he goes to Waterloo, and no, he's straight. This is the this is the most this is the most trifecta. Napoleon goes to Waterloo, looks down the water slide, and says "Sacre Blair," and then Sacre go, Blue. Yeah, and then goes down and it's has not a, a real word. Yeah, it's not. well, either no, way. Anyway, yeah, in, in your defense, at least do the fake word right. <laughs> well, either way, fake term. It's anyway. a fun fact. That's Andrew Stevens' favorite movie. It's not a bad movie. No, it's a silly movie. And his reasons, in, he's like, I love how positive it is. Be like, be it's a, bit, yeah, excellent yeah. to I, each other. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, I get and it's why. Cool I get the message. The message is great. Well, and it's cool to see historical characters like kind of out not, of their and context. not taken super seriously. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the part where they they're like, like well, what we do. Well, remember, like we'll travel back and leave the keys here. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh. They're here now. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I, I right. like it when Billy the Kid pulls out a gun in a high school and shoots out one of the lights and everybody cheers. Yeah. Pre-Columbine, buddy. Pre, yeah, that's a pre-Columbine <laughs> fucking yeah. moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> I still think that uh, Bogus Journey was better, personally. Uh, that is the incorrect opinion, but I respect it. Disagree, I, but but the, no. shades, the shades of Seventh Seal yeah. that, that Bogus Journey has... I love. I still haven't right. seen the third one, and I'm sure I've, I've heard good things. I, as far I will as, say I, I don't know if I can do it. I'm with Zach. I think Bogus Journey, Journey is better. Yes, thank it's, you. It's the weirder movie. It has a bizarre Star Trek reference. Yeah. Um, evil Bill and Ted being the robots that are like still Bill and Ted, but they're like <laughs> maniacal. Like yeah. it, it just there's so many things about that movie where they're like, okay, so Bill and Ted are time travel guys. But, like, let's make them also go to hell and back yeah. and, like, also bring in, like, 
alien scientists oh, that they reference earlier in the movie because they say station and high five. Right. Then they meet station and station's a person. It It's so absurd. And Jim Martin from Faith No More is in it. Yeah. And fucking uh, William Sadler, who is my one of my... He's up there with my favorite character actors. He's fucking Grim, Re- Grim Reaper. And it's like his defining... You're damn right. Yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> And he plays the bass. Napoleon was basically like Julius Caesar of France. Yeah. He he just was holding the big military stick, came to a very uncertain time and place in France, and sort of declared himself uh, the ruler of France. And it worked. Mm. Uh, because after the reign of terror and everything, you know, just people liked him more. He essentially became emperor of France, right? He did. I am the I was also gonna. I, I was also going to bring it. up that... His nephew would be elected emperor of France after the fact and live like a full life of ruling. Napoleon with, the Third. With Napoleon the Third, everybody That's a whole liked him. Story. He was totally benevolent, <laughs> and then he died, and the world moved on. That's not. 100 percent true. That's that, that's a story for a different day. Everything, honestly, it's a story for a different day, Tyler. But he was well liked. Uh, more or less. Napoleon, he got a lot of pressure from the United States and from a few other people, including inside of France, surprisingly, that was like, release Lafayette. Like, negotiate to have him released. Because you're, you're, you won the war. You know what I mean? They're done, you know? And he did. And Napoleon basically had Lafayette and his family released from prison. And at first, Lafayette, like, sent Napoleon a letter. He's like, thanks, pal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but Napoleon was like, you're a... You're a military man uh, who sticks very close to his principles. And, uh, frankly, those principles do not align with what I have in mind to France. So, you can't come back in unless you swear fealty to me. Mm. And Lafayette's like, I'm not going to do that. Pass. My main thing is not. It's a hard pass. <laughs> uh, Napoleon was never really a fan of Lafayette. In fact, he always sort of looked on him as uh, a threat. Mm-hmm. And uh, Napoleon was one of those guys. He, he was a smooth operator. He was one of those guys that, like, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer yeah. kind of a thing. Right, right, right. So he offered Lafayette all these, like, crazy assignments, you know, like, things like that. And Lafayette saw through it, and he was like, no, no, dude. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of politics. It's, it's, it's almost as if they're two strategic geniuses. Mm-hmm. playing mental chess with each other yeah. from, like, day one. Yeah, exactly. Lafayette's original plan was to just go back to America because he's lo- he's loved, he's adored yeah. in America. And America straight up told him not to. Why? Because during this time, foreign relations with France and America were strained. The reign of terror happened. Napoleon happened, which none of that they agreed with. People were just a little leery of French people in, in, in America at the time. Sort of like after 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Well, they're like, Never so this French guy helped us do all this stuff, but then he also kind of did this stuff over here. Mm-hmm. Now he wants to come it'd be back like, over here. Maybe it'd be like, it's just best that we just distance ourselves. Yeah. What I mean is when, when France outwardly said, hey, don't do that shit in Iraq. We were like, 
fuck you, France, for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You remember, like, the whole Freedom Fries thing? Yes, right? Right, yeah. right, right. How can yeah. I forget? Well, actually, it's funny that Chris brings that up and that you bring that up because it's almost as if, like, it's almost like if we helped the Afghan government fight the, the Soviets oh, in Afghanistan we did do in that. the 1980s. We did do that. And then 9-11 happened, and we were like, what? Look at all these terrorists. Story, story for a different day, buddy, <laughs> because that is a story I do want to tell. Uh, that is a complicated, interesting, fascinating story. Mm-hmm. It is the story of Rambo 3. <laughs> <laughs> Watered down for chest-thumping Americans. Uh, Lafayette, though, slipped back into France uh, cool. using the name Motier. Napoleon was pissed, but there's nothing he could really do about it, because after the reign of terror and Napoleon's ascension, Lafayette, no one, no one was pissed off at Lafayette anymore. He was the least of their. They had bigger things to be mad about. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Forgive and forget. Everything's fine. But what Lafayette found when he came back to France was all of his property had been seized by by the French government at the time, Robespierre, including you know his holdings in French Guyana. They freed his slaves and Napoleon immediately put them back into slavery. <laughs> and what that did is actually caused uh, revolts in French Guyana. Mm. That's a story for another day too. Him and Adrian, they pressed a claim sort of on an old family estate at La Grange. And that's where they stayed. It's there that Lafayette kind of retired a little bit from public life And a big reason for that is that sort of right after he was out of prison, his father figure, George Washington, died. And he got very sad. And he sort of stayed out of everything for a long time. And he sort of tried to build his home at LaGrange to be like a Mount Vernon without all the Mm -hmm. slaves. (laughs) It's it's like uh, Mount Vernon without the slaves and a lot more ZZ Top. Oh, 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 oh. I'm glad that he, as soon as he said Lagrange, I looked at you and I was like, "Yep." Also, you did it in a French laugh, which was genius. That's a stroke of fucking genius. Anyway. It's a cool song. They spin the guitars around and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, the music video. Yeah. ZZ Top's cool. For a bunch of um, boomers. So, yeah. uh, Dad's a boomer. This was a a late... uh, I guess all our dads are. Late 1799, uh, December, when George Washington died. And he stayed quiet for a little while. Lafayette, he he was definitely everyone's pick to deliver George Washington's eulogy. He was the closest with Washington out of anybody. John Adams, fucking anybody. That's weird. <laughs> well, George Washington considered him a son. I know. And it's just Lafayette like, considered him a father. I mean, considering, like, how long did he know the guy? Like, I'm, I'm just saying, there's yeah, so well, many since people. He was, since he was 19. So many people in the United States. Yeah. So how, old is he, how old is he at this point? Let's see, if he was... 612. Eight, if he was eight. <laughs> 18 or 19 in 1776. This is, uh, this is 1799, 1800. Do the math at home, gang. 30s. He's, he's like, like in his 30s. Yeah, he's in his 30s. Okay, he's in his 30s. <laughs> I, I, math. I, I notoriously suck at math. 30s Don't seven. ask me math. <laughs> math I'm questions. terrible math. Well, well you're in notoriously good, good company. I'm, 
I mean, I'm in charge you, of the Tyler. budgeting, so I, I like to think You're I'm okay. You're the best at math. I, I'm the best history boy at math. <laughs> I'm not the math boy. Come yeah. on. We got three really bad math boys. Yeah. Welcome to the Math Boys Podcast. Uh, algebra is a thing, I guess. Uh, but but, but what, what happened instead, because again, like everyone was like, oh, it should be Lafayette. You know what I mean? He, he was so close with him. So close. But he couldn't be invited to the United States at this time. So... Washington's funeral went off without him, and they didn't even mention his name. Well, that's stupid. It is. It is stupid. Who did the Uh, eulogy? I don't know. Was it Alexander Hamilton? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Uh, But but, uh, (laughs) maybe we can mention that on, or maybe somebody can tell me on the Discord after this episode comes out. Or on Twitter. I don't fucking know. Anyway. uh, I don't fucking care. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I do. Uh, but this really did depress Lafayette. This really did. His French citizenship was reinstated. He did recover some of his old property. Because again, Napoleon was like, come on, come here. It's okay. Come here. Come here. I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. It's probably cut you. Yeah. He turned down a position to be a minister to America. You know, Napoleon's like, you can be minister to America if you love it so much. Yeah, these guys and like you. Lafayette was like, you know, I'm actually too close with America to, to serve in that capacity, honestly. So he turned it down. Thomas Jefferson, who was president at the time, offered him a governorship over the new Louisiana territory that he pur- purchased, the Louisiana Purchase. Yeah. And uh, he turned that down as well, which is crazy. Honestly, I... Why didn't he go for that? Honestly, that's some, that's a question I I am still perplexed by. Why didn't he go for that? Like, I don't know. We bought um, it for beads, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, they bought it from somebody who it didn't yeah. really belong to in the first yeah. place. Or no, wait, Manhattan was bought for beads, wasn't it? Yeah, something was bought. Well, I'm sure a lot of stuff was, but Louisiana Purchase was bought for pennies yeah. by the United States to France. Napoleon is the one who sold it. And he actually was a part of a small minority of people that voted no on having Napoleon be consul for life in a very Roman sense, very Caesar mm-hmm. sense, because that's that's what got Caesar very killed. Very Palpatine sense. <laughs> well, that's what got Caesar killed, is that he wanted to... To declare himself consul for life, and that's yeah. where got him murdered. And then but he was like, what are you going to do, stab me? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry uh, has that t-shirt. I have that shirt. My uh, wife bought it for him. Yeah, yeah. Fun uh, fact. Yeah. He didn't support that. And, like, he's an older man who, at this point, I just imagine Lafayette just being like, I don't, I don't care. What are you going to do? What, what are you going to do, stab me? What are you going to do to me? Yeah. You know, and Napoleon's just like, I can't and please this guy no matter what the fuck I do I swear to god if he makes any trouble for me yeah. you know and luckily he never made a ton of trouble because again he was in a minority uh, he couldn't really do anything he's like pretty much fresh out of jail just trying to get his life back together yeah. Napoleon's like what about this what about this what about this? he's like dude I'm just uh, leave me the fuck alone yeah <laughs> I, like everything I had is gone mm. All the influence I had, like everything, nobody likes me, um, I'm not rich anymore, just fucking back off, man. He's yeah. like, what if I were, what if, what if 
I put this hat on you? What if I put this dress on you? What if I give you this? He's just like, he's like, well, you just that's I, that's totally how it happened, the, pretty much. Yeah, because just like stressing him out. Napoleon like tried to give him a bunch of honors and stuff. No, 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 yeah. he wasn't taking it. Actually, at Napoleon's coronation, where he famously crowned himself yeah. Emperor of France, Lafayette didn't go. He didn't show up. Because he didn't agree with it. Just let me die. (laughs) During this quieter time of his life, he wrote letters and exchanged gifts with Thomas Jefferson, as he did with George Washington. They were lifelong friends and pen pals, as he was with a lot of people. Lafayette wrote a fuck ton of letters. Let me just reinforce that. How long did it take a letter to get there? Oh, across across the ocean. Yeah, it would have taken a couple of months. If you had a cold and wrote about your cold in a letter, by the time it got to the person, you'd have a new cold. Or you'd be dead. <laughs> or you'd be dead. Or you're dead. Uh, actually, one time, one time, this was before the revolution, one time he wrote John Adams, who was still in The Hague. I guess he pissed off John Adams, in a way, and John Adams ignored the letter. Lafayette was like, he wrote him another letter. And he goes, hey, um, uh, you ignored my last letter. I'm sorry if I, like, pissed you off or anything. But, uh, what the fuck, man? Yeah. You know? Just going mm-hmm. out on his bullshit. Yeah. Because John nice. Adams was an unlikable dude. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was, he had, he had the people's, like, interests in mind, but he was, Sit he, was down, a, John, he was an asshole. fat motherfucker. <laughs> he was an asshole. Mm. He was an asshole. First, uh, one-term president. Yeah. Also yeah. a second president, so... Also a political genius. Anyway, Adrienne, however, she never recovered from her time in prison. She had a lot of health things, complications that happened with her from being in prison. When they went back to the Auvergne, she just got sicker and sicker. On Christmas Day in 1802, she died. Mm. Her last words to her family, who were all around her as she died were je suis tout à vous meaning I am all yours Oh, and that's how she died fuck man you're gonna make me cry it's very sad this very is sad. fucked up Adrienne if you just, if Adrienne you just said is the thing you didn't do in France, fr- French talk it wouldn't be so sad yeah <laughs> quick somebody make a stupid joke so we're, we're a comedy podcast here <laughs> no um, it's, it's supposed right, to be a sad right, it's a right. sad moment it is a sad moment let's just it's a story guys I'm trying to give you a good story here Anyway, I'm on um, board. So in 1814, Napoleon was deposed and the Bourbon monarchy was restored as the Comte de Provence became, uh, he was Louis's brother, he became Louis the 18th. Too many France. Louis, right? Well, Louis, Louis, Louis the 17th was technically Louis the 16th's little boy's son mm-hmm. who uh, never made it to king. Yeah. Right. So Louis the Eighteenth was now uh, the new king. He's a big boy. France. It takes a lot of Louis to make a stew. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and Lafayette uh, pretty much told him straight up that he didn't agree with monarchies anymore, and that France actually needed a republic. And like, dude, I'm done talking about this. I'm done being involved with this. Uh, he was elected to a draconian uh, chamber of deputies, but his opinions weren't really heard anymore. He was, he was a dissenter and, and one of the very few at this time to speak out against this. Mm-hmm. But everyone had lived through the reign of terror and sort of 
low-key decided they did not want that. And any Republic talk uh, was sort of unwelcome, because it just meant violence to them. And for good reason. Shit got bad. After Napoleon came out of exile and was defeated at Waterloo, Lafayette was among those uh, who called for his total abdication and, you know, go away again. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, fuck off, Napoleon. Go live fuck on an island, off. you fucking dick. Yeah. There, there's a story, I don't know how true this is, that Lafayette visited Napoleon in St. Helena. Napoleon said, all right, you got me. I'm out. But now what? What, you want to go back to the fucking Reign of Terror shit? You want to hand France back over to the rabble? You don't need a strong leader anymore? What do you want instead, huh? Like, what? what's your evil that you're going to pick? Lafayette didn't have an answer for him. He just fucking left. I just thought that was insanely interesting. Mm-hmm. That's like the historical equivalent at the at the, you know the end of every X-Men movie where yeah. uh, Magneto's like blah blah what blah good Charles did it do? Like, yeah, what, what good, good did it do yeah. and he's like I'm gonna leave you in your plastic it's, prison it's kinda like voting Donald the... Trump out of office yeah. it's like alright you got rid of him now what yeah I mean you know anyway money 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 who do you love? <laughs> Who do you trust? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Joe Burke>. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Uh, I can't wait for my Biden bucks to come in. Biden bucks. Student loan debt relief. Come on, make it happen. Yeah. Make it happen. We'll um, see if that one happens. Yeah, we'll mm. see. So, yeah, he did have some uh, political career. And, yeah, he was constantly a minority dis- dissenting voice. Uh, so he wasn't really listened to, which is fine with him, you know, although it frustrated him. Of course it did. But in 1824, his good old buddy, President James Monroe, mm. invited him and his son, George Washington Lafayette, to come back to America as the nation's guest. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. He accepted. In anticipation for his visit... In America, songs were written about him and for him. Yay! Buildings were built for him, bearing his name. Hmm. We, we didn't just put your name on it. We just built We built the whole thing. <laughs> we didn't just build a sign. We did it for you, Lafayette. Yeah. Uh, there, there were giant, weeks-long parties in his honor. You know, all these things. People, when... when, when Why are we drinking? It's because of a French guy. Dude. Oh, cool. Burning this, Man. This yeah. is the birth of Burning Think about Man. It. Think about it. This is 1824. Most of the founding fathers are gone. Dead. James Monroe is the like the one of the only last ones. Like, mm-hmm. Madison is still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Jefferson is alive, but he is old. Yeah. Uh, John Adams is 86. He's so old. You know, yeah. he's like the last guy. Somebody that shot was, Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, right. What I heard. Yeah. We got Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Carter. He was he was the last guy that was from that era that yeah. that founded America. And everyone in America at the time knew that this was a once in a lifetime thing to get a, a like a true founding father back and he's going to visit everybody. Thomas Jefferson isn't visiting everybody. No. You know, but He's Lafayette is. He's carrying yeah. his money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You> see, <laughs> <laughs> he 
You say uh, Aquacello? Yeah. <laughs> Under the sea. <laughs> He's probably got Sky Cello going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Coachella's and that was just getting in Coachella. the works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he invented Coachella. Uh, oh, God damn. Uh, That's where that comes from. With all of the so- cultural appropriation. Yeah. It's still there. Lafayette, actually, I sort of failed to mention this. During Lafayette's first visit after the revolution, he actually, he brokered a peace deal among the Iroquois Indians. And uh, there was one of them, because uh, they knew him, you know, the Oneidas. They knew him from the revolution. And they loved him. And there was one Oneida that Lafayette wanted to take back to France with him. And he took him back to France, and he quote-unquote educated him and dressed him up like a, you know, like a white person, let's just say. On his return back to America, shit was a lot different. He was no longer the toast of parties like he was in France. His life sort of went downhill real fast, mm. sort of because of Lafayette's involvement. However, uh, the, the, the people of the, the, you know, the Iroquois and the Oneidas, they still welcomed him back. But there was one person that definitely had a negative impact with Lafayette's intervention. That is sort of a story for another day, because I'd love to do an episode on that guy. That guy's fucking amazing. And that was the only negative thing, pretty much, that, that came from that discussion. That guy went on like a crazy world tour, came home, and they were like, take that shit off. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> you look like a dick. You well, look what like was a he, white dick. What was he supposed... <laughs> well, the thing is, is, like, what was he supposed to do when he got back to America? Yeah. All dressed up like that and everything, you know, like, was he supposed to act like Lafayette now? No one was going to consider him Lafayette. Yeah. No one was going to think of him in that way. You know, like... If he, he was like, I'd like to take sort of out a, dream a bank world. loan, they'd be like, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Here's another crazy thing is Lafayette, he went everywhere. He visited all 24, 24 states. He visited all of them. Everywhere there were parties. Everywhere he went. Giant balls and parties. They had, they had his, his face and name on everything. Drums. There's gloves with Lafayette's face on them cool. to commemorate the occasion. He's just like so hungover going from state <laughs> to state. Seeing could you his imagine name again and again he's could like you, Could you imagine me, being me. hungover riding in a carriage? Yeah. Like oh, bumpy God. as fuck. And oh. you know you know what's on the other end of that carriage ride just another like, fucking party. I got to get out and I got to I've ridden drink. in an Uber hungover as fuck. And that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> imagine the the roads are not paved. <laughs> and you don't have shocks like you do in modern cars. So. I, I, I'm puking that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Lafayette was just a regular Slammer's McKenzie. Mm. No. Nice. Yeah. He was a hungover boy most of the time. Just like, um, I don't want to party anymore. <laughs> yeah. Was, I don't want to be drunk anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how I felt this morning. He, he was received with adulation literally everywhere he, he went. Cities and towns were named after him. Streets and universities were named squares. after him. And squares. Squares. Yeah, squares. All of all of that. Squares. It, it, if you live on the East Coast and you live in a place called Lafayette or Fayette, because the law was actually uh, separate at this time. Okay. It was La Fayette. So if you live in a place called Fayette uh, County or something like that, it's named after Lafayette. And it's named during this trip. <laughs> 
After his world During tour. During this trip. Or yeah. was a United States tour. Yeah. Yeah. 1824, 1825 trip. Played all the hits. You yeah. Know. He, man, he went everywhere like i i i can't stress that enough he saw every state and partied with every motherfucker mm-hmm. in the states you know what i mean uh yeah. him and his son the the andrew wk method yes yeah. <laughs> party till you puke party he actually hard. he actually met uh simon bolivar ah. who was also visiting during the time it was kind of serendipitous uh, they met each other and actually became pen pals for like the rest of Lafayette's life, and Aww. you know, pretty amazing. Well, mm. When we do an an episode on Simon Bolivar, that'll make you guys like shit your pants a little bit more. Simon Bolivar was a a force unto himself as well, and honestly, I do feel that Lafayette's unwavering ideals did affect Simon Bolivar uh, profoundly, uh, and sort of made him the man he was. He went to Monticello ah. uh, and spent spent a while there draining Jefferson's wine stores the, with him. Uh, regular cello. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah the, one <laughs> the one online. Jefferson, the thing was, he was getting up there in age. When they first saw each other, I guess they hugged. They knew it was going to be the last time they saw each other. Mm. You know, they're, they're getting up there and they knew. They knew it was, was going to be the last time. So they partied mm-hmm. hard. Madison showed up. The 89-year-old Adams showed up like he showed up at monticello that's crazy and adams hated oh, yeah. thomas jefferson he was the famously. last federalist <laughs> but for lafayette adams showed up it also monroe showed up madison showed up everybody showed up uh, you know it was lafayette for god's sake it's like a reunion tour yeah yeah right and it also helped that they had lots of blackjack and hookers yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's another futurama reference if there yeah. weren't hookers there i'd be very surprised Sex workers, pardon me. Yeah, I'd be very surprised. He visited uh, Washington's grave because you know he wasn't there. You got to the funeral. He oversaw the electoral college during the controversial election of John Quincy Adams over Andrew Jackson. Mm. And John Quincy Adams loved Lafayette. Andrew Jackson still sort of loved Lafayette. In fact, Lafayette visited Andrew Jackson at the Hermitage in Tennessee. Which is crazy. Like, this guy crossed all political barriers crazy. in America, but not in France, yeah. you know? Well, I think if there's anything all Americans agreed with was independence from the Brit- British. Exactly. And he helped you. And that. he's, like, the guy that had that. Made- he's the guy that made it happen. Yeah. And he was with still no, alive. no political ties no. in the United States outside of that. Yeah. So. And the fact that he was still alive. Because, again, mm-hmm. he was a kid when it all went down. Yeah. The fact that he was still alive and, like, the rest of them were pretty much gone... Settled, you know, that said a lot. Like, he survived a bunch of shit. Like, motherfucker went on a lot of adventures, you know? And everyone wanted to hear about it, you know? And they, they wanted to hear about... Tell us about George Washington. Tell us about Robespierre. Tell us about all sorts of... You know, and he would. He would regale them with stories, because he loved doing that. I bet. Pageantry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He loved it. He was one of the very small number of foreigners to ever address a joint session of Congress. I think there's been oh I think I think five or six, maybe wow. seven, and Lafayette was one of them. And and I'm I'm saying throughout no, history I got that, ever. to this point. No yeah, shit. Wow. Uh, he's one of I, I think somewhere between five and seven to ever do that. Over the course of seventeen months he visited all the states. On his way back to France aboard the USS Brandywine, which was renamed 
because of his first battle that no. he was ever in. Uh, he took some dirt from Bunker Hill, <laughs> a place that he fought. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, him and his son, yeah, they took a bucket of dirt from, from Bunker a Hill. Bucket? That's, yeah. I took imagine it was a handful. No, nah, it was a bucket. Big ass uh, bucket. And they took it back to France with them. So when Lafayette returned to France, uh, Louis XVIII was dead. And Charles X, whom he, if you remember, Lafayette grew up with in school, uh, this was also the Comte d'Artois, who was a conservative uh, during the French Revolution. Uh, he actually survived the Reign of Terror and all of that in exile. Huh. Uh, he went to Sardinia. The Sardinian king fucking hated him and kicked him out. That guy is sort of fascinating in his own respect. Uh, but what he was doing, he was Louis XVI's brother. What he was doing was uh, stripping away everything that the revolution had done. All the reforms they had done. And basically going back to the Ancien Regime. Pretending like nothing happened, basically. Mm. When Lafayette returned, he didn't like that one bit. You know, Charles X, he, he dissolved the Chamber of Deputies. Like, he, he made it way... Way more authoritarian, way more monarchical, you know, monarchical, monarchical, I don't know. And he started appointing like conservatives and, and royalists uh, back into power. And he suppressed the freedom of the press and freedom of speech. And shit just got real dark there in France for a bit. This will work out well for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened is riots broke out. Of course they did, because it's France. And it's Paris, and that's what Parisians do, which is great. And Lafayette was, was a leading figure in the July Revolution of 1830 that took place over the course of a week of riots. And Charles X abdicated and went to exile, where he died in exile. Lafayette, he had a favorite pick to replace him as a constitutional monarch. Uh, his name was Louis-Philippe I, and he took off all of the, uh, like, the monarch regalia, the crown, all that stuff that Napoleon embraced, that Louis XVI embraced. He wore sweatpants and a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had military dress on, but it was, it was you know, it was dressed down. Mili it wasn't king. I was going to say, garb. trust a leader wearing military garb? No, never do right. that. Yeah. Never do that. Including Eisenhower. Yeah. Louis uh, Philippe, he took the... The, the throne. He was a little bit more liberal, but he did sort of uh, renege on some of his promises uh, that he gave Lafayette. And Lafayette did this thing that I wish more Americans would do. The person that you champion, in mm -hmm. this case, person you vote for, he was Louis-Philippe's staunchest critic Such until the end of his life. My point is only that if you vote for somebody, you should be their staunchest critic. Don't follow them like a goddamn sheep and, and fucking consider them some sort of god. You know? Like, the, these... F I, I don't want to go too far... I don't, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I'm just saying that, that that's not what democracies and republics are made of. They're not made of people that you need to trust to the nth degree for fucking ever just because they tell you that, that you should. I, yeah. I totally agree with that, and I actually would say on the other side of that, understand that the person you're voting for might not be the, the person you... Exactly. The ideal person. It's not ideal. Yes. And that's that's what voting is. You're not, like, 
that's how republicanism who, works. That, the people who argue, I don't want to vote for the lesser evil, it's sort of like, well, then that's That's what, how a republic works. That's how you get that's the, the function. Um, that's a function of I can't remember who who wrote this. It was a uh, Twitter post, but I read it and I thought it was very, very poignant. And it was, democracy isn't a limo ride to the airport. Yeah. It's taking a bus to the closest stop. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I agree. It is. The point is, is if you vote for somebody and, and, and you put your trust into, into them, then you should be, especially if you, if you were the person that did it, and every voter takes this responsibility when they vote, then you need to hold them accountable for everything that they do, not follow blindly like a fucking idiot. I'm done. I agree. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Yeah. And that goes for everybody. Charles X was gone, and Louis Philippe was now, now uh, I guess king. Yeah, he was king of, of of France again. But his his reign was marked by sort of the introduction of capitalism. There was wealthy industrialists and bankers that sort of took over the country, and that's what sort of pushed France in the direction of the twentieth century. Of the twentieth century, uh, well. Well, through the 19th century into yeah. the 20th century. And they, there was a lot of shakeups along the way, mind you. But the, it began with Louis Philippe. Lafayette hounded him yeah. for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, we, 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 which is fucking beautiful. Keeping that, him that, on track. That's great. That's fucking fantastic. Now, after the events of 1830, Lafayette returned to his private life. And on May 20th, 1834, 76-year-old Marquis de Lafayette passed away due to complications with pneumonia. Wow. He went to a funeral that lasted a long time, and he actually collapsed at the funeral. Oof. He limped along for a, f- a couple of weeks. Way to make the funeral about you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he was buried in Paris under the soil of Bunker Hill that they brought with them. His son oh, cool. poured it on him, so he's buried in American soil. An American flag has always, ever since flown over his grave even during the Nazi occupation for World War II. No, Jesus they didn't fuck with Christ. it. Wow. Awesome. Isn't that insane? Yeah. And you can still visit this grave in, in Paris today. But the thing is, is uh, I mean, I've just told you the whole story. It should come as no surprise to you that French people view him in a, in a very different light than we view him. Yeah, for right sure. They don't have statues of him. They don't name cities and roads after him in France. They don't. They don't talk about him at all. Uh, he. No one really eulogized Lafayette when he died. Uh, so you can visit the grave, uh, but it's sort of at the whim of whenever the caretaker is there, and the place is open. So yeah, that 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 is a thing. Um, so if, he you're, w- if you're there visiting Jim Morrison's grave and the caretaker's there, <laughs> different they- graveyard. Oh, fair enough. Uh, I just figure all of France has its old There's, there's only one graveyard. No, got no, one it's thing, like, it's got all the, the catacombs. in it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like LA or New York. They have several. I'm not going yeah. down there. People get lost down in those I would love yeah. to go into the Paris catacombs. I would as well. But Do they I don't allow booze? People get lost. They have die. tour guides. Not if you kill them and run off into the to- into the tomb, which I I'm wouldn't. kill anybody? I couldn't. Not help. if you go get drunk and go fuck next to some skulls. That's hot. That's what you're into? 
That's fine. Of course, everyone's into that, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now we're gonna watch Veronica I'm together, such a, like a family. I'm such a vanilla person. <laughs> I am uh, me sex too. I'm in a... a bedroom with the lights dimmed, like a weirdo. I'm Jerry. <laughs> I'm with all that, unless skulls are in the mix, and then it's. Yeah. All, all bets And it off. turns you into a murderous maniac. I want yeah. 16th century French skulls all around me while I'm injecting into my wife. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, she wouldn't have it in Some way. Some people do say about... about uh, That's really her decision, not mine. About, about his grave is that he was buried there uh, for like a, a reason that it was also sort of a mass grave. And he was sort of tossed in, hmm. too. When he died, they didn't necessarily care about him all that much. And they just sort of unceremoniously buried him and then gave him the pomp and circumstance later. Mm. So they're basically like, here is Lafayette and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, out. kind of, yeah. Jeez. And the rest. Uh, and and uh, so uh, one of the biggest sources for this episode is a book called Marquis. And it's called, it's called Marquis colon Lafayette Reconsidered. It's a fantastic book. Let me get you the uh, author's name. And that's only because the Mike Duncan one isn't out yet. Oh, I want to read that so bad, too. It's about, uh, it's by, I, I hope I am pronouncing this correctly, Laura Arricchio. Uh It's fantastic. It's a really great book. It's my main source for this episode. And if you want to know more about, like, the court intrigue, of what was happening during the National Assembly and States General and stuff like that. It's really interesting. I highly recommend that book. But she talks in, in her foreword of this book, she, she goes to a muse the museum curator at Versailles and asks to see the only bust of Lafayette that they have. And the dude took time out of his day, because it's not in the main area. It's all uh, off in this outbuilding. You have to walk to get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This guy takes time out of his day, has a big, you know, ring of keys, and he walks out there. He's pissed off because he doesn't care about Lafayette. <laughs> right. And he walks her out there and, like, can't find the right key. And, like, when they finally get in, there's, like, dust on everything. It's, you know, normal people don't see the stuff that's, that's in here. There's a bust of Lafayette. She's looking at this bust, and the curator's, like, annoyed. Come on. And, and he goes, why do we even have a bust of Lafayette? And, like, her French, you know, her French is a second language, and, and she's like, you know, pardon? And uh, he goes, you know, uh, he, he, just said it, he just said it slower and louder. Why do we have a bust of Lafayette? She's like, well, you know, like, he, he was a hero. You know, he's, he's like a historical linchpin, you know? And he goes, yeah, but, like, he points at a plaque of all these names. And it's all these dead French soldiers that fought in the American Revolution. And he goes, you don't remember any of those names. And, and Lafayette didn't lead the, the French army in, in the Revolution. That was Rochambeau, but you don't fucking remember him, do you? And, and all this stuff. And, and yeah, <laughs> she's like, well, it just sort of draws a picture of the fact that, that in France, he's thought of very, mm -hmm. very differently than right. he is here. And I hope that is clear to you now, dear listener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> Quite the story, isn't it? I like him. Yeah, I like him. I like him. I like he's, him, too. He's a human being. He's, he's flawed, but 
He's a man of principle. And, he and has, I respect that. His heart was in the right place. It was. It was. He, he wanted to help. And with his massive wealth and influence, he could have done a million worse things. Like so many men in his position before him. Well, and a lot of men of his time and place that did do worse things. And he didn't. Well, you know, so. again, my only complaint with Lafayette is that he had to go out and write Dianetics and <laughs> start a Sea Org and everything. And it's, I th- it's just. I thought you were going to be like, my only complaint was he was a teenager once. He was a teenager <laughs> one time. I um, was never a teenager. Yeah. I, w- this, I went from 12 to 20. I don't know how it happened. I'm a, I'm a biological anomaly. I think I went from 12 to 45. Yeah. And uh, then just up up yearly from there. Yep. Yeah. I age at a normal rate like a human being. <laughs> yeah, well, not like you weirdos. Yeah. Mm. I was born angry, and I'm going <laughs> to die angry. It's metal. Uh, I, I'm like one of those fucking keep-off-my-lawn old guys. Yeah. First Clint of all, Eastwood. everyone was born angry. <laughs> yeah. I didn't consent to this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't consent to reality. Zach's a sweet man, man, and Jerry is not 45. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, well, fuck, guys. Another one in the can? Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. I hope you enjoyed yeah, uh, I parts one and two. Did. And um, Marquis de Lafayette. Um, where do we go th- from here, Jerry? Uh, what do, do we have any announcements? Zach, do we have any announcements? What's going on? Yeah, so uh, we actually have a pretty cool announcement. Um, we got ourselves... A new Patreon, pal. Oh, do we? Yeah, Who are they so we can say their name on the show? Uh, we are going to welcome Caleb. 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 And Caleb has joined our Discord. We and Caleb, honestly, you. honestly, uh, Ca- yeah, Caleb has, has, yes, has joined the Discord, and I fucking... He's super, he's fun. He's, I, I love his fucking like insight. Video dude. games, and I love talking, yeah. A uh, Navy guy. Oh yeah, which is fantastic. Cool. He, he actually. <laughs> I thought he was a contractor for the navy. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know he was a navy guy. Uh, I don't read everything. Well, well, he got the uh, vaccine courtesy of the United States. Oh, that's right. Right. Uh, he did say that. Yeah, I, I actually don't know his anything beyond that. But uh, he actually corrected my pronunciation in the Essex episode. It's actually the folksle, not the foxle. Oh, okay. Folksle is I what he said. I still think it's the foxle. <laughs> Not everything's your bedroom, Zach. <laughs> Not with that attitude. <laughs> so, we just wanted to, 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 to say... Welcome to the History Boys family. Thank, yeah. you, thank you so much. Thanks, Absolutely. dude. It's awesome. And you guys can also get access to the Discord if you join our Patreon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's super easy. Like, we got three tiers going on. Tier one, for a dollar, you get access to the Discord... Uh, we are trying to do uh, beers with the boys every third Thursday of the month. That seems what we've been doing right now. Fuck mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. We might as well just, just stick to that schedule. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, as much as we can. As much as we can. It's as cool as you think it, it is. We get a hangout. We get a chat. We talk about the episodes. We talk about like whatever. It's fun. talk about life. We have a good time. It's yeah. fun. And uh, yeah, you crack a cheap beer and... Uh, it's like being on an episode of the show that's not being recorded and has way more people. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, so yeah, that's that's for a buck. For five, it's the same thing, but you also get a shout-out, which is pretty dope. And then for tier three, 
You get all the above plus uh, access to exclusive bonus content that we have uh, on the Patreon. So things from uh, the little mini EP thing that I did to the quiz show that we were referencing earlier. To and we like, got we got plans for a lot of stuff too. Totally, we do. We got we got plans for a lot of stuff. Uh, to bring you on Patreon. It's coming down the old pike. It's coming down the old pike. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. Join us. It's fun. It's One fun. One of us. One, One of us. Yeah. One of... Anyway. Uh, so, you, um, get, you get the point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're the History Boys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do as we are. And I'm uh, Chris Whedon. Uh, tired and, uh, you know, ready to eat some food or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm Tyler Armitrad. I'm still like a bag of pristine assholes. Uh, He's a bag of a slightly drunker assholes. Eh, they're slightly drunker. <laughs> but I like to think it adds to the flavor complexity. Yes. Uh, I am uh, Zach Mech. Uh, I am not hungover anymore, which is nice, but boy, Drink. do my kidneys hurt. Yeah. Drink uh, the pain away. Yes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I am also a history boy. And I am Jerry Nash, always your humble history boy. Thank you so much for listening to our show as always. It means so much to us. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram. Uh, hit us up there. You know, uh, we, all, we also have an email, historyboyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on any one of those. We always love hearing from you. Um, seriously, we do. It really makes our day. Uh, I, I weep when I read some of your emails. It's amazing. With joy. Um, yes, no. yes. I, I feared that that was inferred. Uh, <laughs> and if you're interested in, in helping out our show, and I, and I really hope that, that you are, especially if you're one of our loyal listeners. And I know we have some loyal listeners out there because we have, we, we have some OG listeners that have been with us for a very long time. Please, please help us out and give us a five-star review wherever you can. Uh, and it really means more. Uh, let's fucking be real here. It really means more on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us fucking get out there. I, I said but- I was... I said I was going to do this a long time ago. I'm only going to do this on a whim. Whenever I decide. How's that? Okay, fair enough. I'm going to be dictator of what. whenever this happens. Yeah. Daddy Jerry. We, we get that. Because it's a five-star review. And I feel like every now and again, I'm going to read five-star reviews. Because it's enough. fun. Yeah. And it makes me weep. It makes me hurt inside in a good way. Quote. Hands down, my favorite podcast, Dear Lord. Aw. Dear Lord. Historical or others, all the boys bring something unique to the table, whether it's comedic relief, hot takes, or outlandish theories and explanations. <laughs> That's probably Look at you two, Chris and Tyler. <laughs> he says, 10 out of 10 would recommend... Excited for more in the future. Oh, that's great. That's fucking fantastic. I fucking love that. That's the Thank closest you so much. I've ever gotten to being referenced. In <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, again, thank you so much. Uh, leave us a review. If you are, you know, interested in helping us out, if you if you want to be a dick to us, uh, write it on social media. Put it in public so we can publicly mock you or privately mock, mock you. Well, yeah, you'll definitely but either way, mocked. you'll be mocked if you're if you're going to be a <laughs> negative fucker. Because, yeah. like all of our mothers 
have said at one point or another, if you have nothing nice to say... Don't say anything at say all. Say nothing at all. So, give us a five-star review. I've no shame in asking for that. Give us a five-star review. Uh, let's all be nice. Let's all let's all be good to each other. And uh, I, I again, thank you so much for listening. And have a great one. Love you. Bye. Whatever.